0: All right. Hi, everybody. This is A7X Fan Ben here with God Mason, and this is Pirate CSG podcast episode number 33. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Savage Shores, which was released on November 5th, 2008. And we're recording this on November 2nd, 2018. So we're, we've, we've got it just in time for the 10 year anniversary of the set being released, which is pretty cool. And this was the, the 13th and final set that was actually released and the first release to be unavailable in booster packs. And there's some new generic crew types, and some new ship types, and some new keywords. So we're going to go over all of that, of course, in the set review. And um, we're going to start with the islands, because those are um, up top on the Miniature, miniature Trading homepage. And uh, I'll let you start if you'd like.
1: All right, with that, I will. Um, right at the top of this set is a series of islands that are reminiscent of the Mysterious Islands from the eponymous set. These are a little bit more well-balanced for the most part, but they do still have some pieces that are kind of easily gamed. So I guess the first one we'll talk about is IO1, as it's listed in the set database, Volcano. Now, like with Mysterious Islands, you roll for a 1 to 6, and based on what the die comes up with, you get an effect. Volcano, 1 or 2, it wants you to roll a I don't know, 5d6, and for every result of 4 to 6, eliminate a mast from the ship. 3 to 4, no effect. 5 to 6 is put a treasure coin from this ship onto this island. It can't be reloaded this turn. So, I guess this one kind of reminds me of the Mysterious Islands in that it has some pretty crazy effects. Uh, this is probably not one I would use unless I were going for an offense-heavy fleet, specifically to trip up somebody who's focusing on a gold-running playstyle. hmm
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's pretty pretty devastating if you get the negative effect. You could dismast a five-master if you roll badly. Um, and yeah, I actually don't have experience playing with these yet because I've I've actually never opened a Savage Shores scavenger pack box, and I don't have the islands or trade currents. Um, but yeah, I know it is a weird thing for me, definitely. I have just about the whole set, but it's from different lots on eBay. So, say so yeah, I haven't really played with these, but but this one is, I agree with you there. And the negative effect is, for the most part, too too much to justify in general. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, the second one is Native Village on a one or two. Restless natives eliminate a crew from the ship, three for no effect. And five or six, Friendly Reception. After the ship finishes loading treasure from this island, she can move S. So that one's pretty mild, so not a huge negative. And then the positive is decent. Reminds me of the ability of Lamanarka, for example, move S after loading treasure. So
1: this one's pretty tame,
0: uh, not too overpowered, and one that you could use just to spice it up, spice up the game a tiny bit.
1: Yeah, I think this, this is... uh one that strikes me is something that, say, if there were a gaming store back in the day that you was, you know, organizing game nights for Pirate CSG, this is something that they might slot into a stock scenario. Everybody plays on the same board and because it tends to affect both players somewhat equally.
2: Yeah, yeah, good point.
1: All right, next up is Ancient Altar. On a one to a two, eliminate unique treasure from this ship. This ship carries no unique treasure. Eliminate a crew instead. Uh, I think all of these are three to four, no effect. Yeah. So five or six is next time this ship explores this island, you can replace a non-unique treasure she loads with a unique treasure from your collection. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we both know how really how crazy that uh, if you get any sort of reroll attached to this, I'm pretty certain you could game this with ease yeah yeah
0: this one is definitely goes into overpowered territory there's a lot of um unique treasures you could bring into the game like nemo's plans and all sorts of stuff altar of the loa which would be fitting because the altar name of the island so and the negative here isn't it's usually negligible because you're usually not going to dock yeah, an island when you already have uts aboard you might but not likely especially because you probably know what's coming so you probably would want to avoid this island and it's just not a negative that's going to matter much so this goes into the overpowered territory that we're used to seeing from the mysterious island set so
1: oh, when, when you introduce something from your collection is it allowed to be a duplicate of another unique uh, treasure
0: yeah i'm pretty sure you can do that you know,
1: Because I would absolutely use this to bring explosives and Neptune's, uh, no, not Neptune's horde, or uh, Nemo's plans in on the same ship, ideally a really fast one with the Eternal Keyword. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, this
0: one is definitely ugly.
1: Yeah. But anyway.
0: Yeah. And then uh, the fourth one is Mysterious Inlet. And on a 1 or 2 Coral Reef, the next time you give this ship a move action, roll a d6. And a result of 1 through 5, she can't move. 5, 6 Tropical Currents, the next time you give this ship a move action, she gets plus L to her base move. This one kind of reminds me of Native Village, the second one, a little bit. But a, a bit more um, effective, I guess. It has more of an effect on the game. So the negative is pretty bad, and could you could get trapped there um, and be a sitting duck for an opponent. Or... Um, the plus L to base move is, is definitely a nice bonus to get, especially if you've got maybe a hybrid and then you could springboard off the Island and kind of hit an opponent by surprise with like a hybrid ship revealing a captain, something like that. So this one is decent. I would say it's balanced and it's one i like more than some of the other ones.
1: Yeah, I'd say this one's actually pretty good. Um... The one to a two, that'll hurt if you're using a really fast, dedicated gold runner. But if you get the one to a, one or a two on a super cheap one, say a three or four point something that only moves L or something anyway, then it's going to be worth the risk. And depending on your strategy, this may actually be very helpful. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep.
1: And Mysterious Inlet, I think, is also the less successful twin set of Mysterious Islands. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of islands, the next island is island paradise one or a two roll one d6 put that many crew from the ship onto any other wild island so it's like jonah but worse the zero point delimiter actually all zero point delimiters but five to six you can assign a crew with three or fewer points from your collection to a ship in your fleet so okay. it's like two this is like those uh it's like a recruiter crew sort of
0: yeah kind of or like the castaway at ut that one is three
1: or fewer. Yeah, so mm, this yeah this one could be interesting, but it's uh, I mean uh, if if you use this with a sack captain, uh, how many times can you roll this? Because if you have say a sack captain, couldn't this in theory allow you to just sort of feed crew into the game constantly?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's part of why it's kind of broken in some ways, at least. So. You could get like unlimited extra captains, um, three points or fewer. And then there's a lot of other good crew for that cheap, like Helmsman, SAT, the same action twice, foreign leader, keyword. That one is Mm -hmm. great, of course. So, yeah. And it doesn't say um, this would be great with a mixed nationality fleet because it says it just says from your collection. It doesn't say it has to be the same nationality as the ship that's docked there or, (laughs) you know, majority. So if you did a mixed fleet with like low crew, You could try to farm this as they call it you farm it when you dock multiple times and try to get the high effect a lot on mysterious islands you could farm it to get sat crew from various nationalities and then they just appear on ships elsewhere i think it's a problem that you can assign the the crew to any ship in your fleet it's not even the ship that's docked there yeah
1: you know know what i would do with this Uh, There's no contingency for the one or two if you don't have any crew on board, so mm -hmm. just send an empty ship to do this, Mm -hmm. an empty cheap ship that'll just dock or repeatedly do whatever to trigger the effect, and gradually fill your mostly crew list, but plenty of good, you know, a lot of good ships, just fill them up with the generic crew that you really needed.
0: Yeah, this is crazy. This is is more
1: game-breaking than I realized.
0: I haven't. I've hardly looked at these that much compared to a lot of other stuff on in the database because uh, I don't have them. But yeah, you could you could basically send a ship that's empty, like a two point, like the Mermaid or something, and just redock to like get a ton of free crew, and just kind of wait it out or just get gold for a while, and then come back with a bunch of free captains. And yeah, since the since the negative is only from the ship that's docking. You never you could just keep the ship that redocks empty and just put a put all that free crew on your other ships that aren't even docked there. So I would say this is one of the more game breaking islands ever. This is on yeah. part of, you know, MIs from MI.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, this and ancient altar I think need to go on our list for game pieces that need more thought.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, something else that I just noticed scrolling back up to ancient altar to sort of compare the two. If the ship carries no unique crew, eliminate or if the ship carries no unique treasure, eliminate a crew instead. it says nothing of if the ship carries no crew, so in theory, empty ships are capable of gaming both of them,
0: yeah, exactly <laughs> crazy,
1: yeah, I guess both of those need to be on the list. I'm yep. guessing that's what you were doing based on the click or two yeah I I
0: just yeah I, I want to do it before I forget. And I don't like how it's called st- stranded crew for the high roll, but then you put the crew anywhere, so you could have a ship that's way out, not near any islands, and then all of a sudden they get like crew. on them. <laughs> yeah, like maybe they maybe they get refloated from Davy Jones' locker. I don't I don't get how that works, <laughs> but like they just kind of descend from the heavens. Maybe <laughs> I don't. Buoyant crew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe they got a the right. raft event going on or something.
1: Yeah, oh, wait, maybe it's the result of somebody using Raft in another game or something. Who yeah,
0: knows? yeah, really, yeah. Constantly uh, Pirates. All
1: right. Let's see. Isle <laughs> of Saga, was that yeah. yours? Okay.
0: Yeah, Isle of Saga is the next one, number six. And one to two, Unnatural Wind. Move all treasure coins from this island to two or more other wild islands. So that's like the opposite of that mysterious island effect we saw in another set. And five or six, Favorable winds. The next time you give the ship a move action, she gets S plus S to her base move. So a big bonus, um, but I'd say the negative is much more serious than the positive here, because um, that's you would dump all the treasure coins, go away, so this is a huge risk here. You could also move it. Um, this would be an amazing strategy to get out to an opponent's wild island or one near their home island that they want to explore, and then maybe right before they're about to dock, you could dock and dump all the coins, throw them towards your own home island. So I would say the negative can be gamed and pretty much broken too much so for this one. I think maybe if it said, like, move two treasure coins to two islands, but taking all the coins off on one die roll when you dock is, is too much, I think.
1: Yeah, I was. I think I was thinking the same. It says move all treasure coins from this island to two or more other wild, wild islands. It doesn't say wild islands you haven't explored or are not. Occupied by your fort or are not right next to your home island. Yep. This is one that I think, in the right situation, you could exploit just as easily as some of the above. Probably not to as much effect, but because it's dependent on where this island ends up, but I'm certain uh-huh. you could, uh-huh. you know, make it the closest to your opponent's home island. Yeah, that's maybe, what I'm saying, yeah. Or second closest or something like that.
0: I just thought of something. Even worse, if you had, mm-hmm. let's say you had like two forts in play and your opponent needed the gold mm-hmm. on the one wild island that didn't have one of your forts on it, you could dock here just once and move all the coins to your two forts. I mean, mm-hmm. that would just be, oh, that's, uh, this one is rough. I don't like this one. It's, it's bad. It's almost like the negative is can be turned into a really game-breaking positive. Like the one to two effect is almost like a five, six effect on this one. In a way, yeah.
1: if you play it right. You know, I've just realized we're two guys on a podcast sort of reading these in detail for the first time, mm-hmm. and yet we're figuring out all these potentially game breaking uses for these. <laughs> yeah. They had nobody doing this at WizKids.
0: I know, yeah, exactly. They I didn't really think they, about it much.
1: <laughs> they had somebody coming up with ideas that sounded cool, and frankly, we don't blame them because a lot of the cool ideas are actually, well, they came out just so. Yeah. But, mm, And it's a good set. It's a cool set overall. But mm, It is a good okay. set. I think it's one of the best ones overall, yeah. but we'll get to the reasons for why that is as soon as we yeah. start talking about ships and crew. Mm-hmm. Which isn't yet, because we're about to talk about Isle of Spirits. On a Wanderer 2, the next time you give this ship a move action, the opponent to your left moves her. Or, five to six, crew on the ship do not take up cargo space until the next time the ship unloads treasure at your home island. Ooh, I know how to game that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's basically giving yourself the treasure ship keyword to a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, put that on anything really big. Uh, Delusion could make good use of that. The one to a two, that's not too serious, really.
0: Yeah. It's kinda of like the opposite of uh the ones we saw in Mysterious Islands that I use for my mind control fleet, where if you get a five or six you can control you can move an enemy ship like L or the ship's base move or whatever. So yeah. it's kind of the opposite of that as a negative pretty much. So this
1: one is But I'm think, sure you uh, could I'm sure you could integrate this into that yeah. setup.
0: Yeah, exactly, like a sabotage tau check, or when you're if you play by if you play by the rules where you pick your opponent's home island, like um you could put them close to the Isle of Spirits and try to force them to, you know, get controlled by you. So this one, it's decent. I think the the high effect is annoying to keep track of. I think I've had that happen a few times and it's kinda it gets a little confusing. You have to remember like, oh, how much cargo is there? So there's some like extra math involved, but then it goes back up. You know, they take up space again afterwards, so it's not permanent. So the five-six effect is a little annoying to keep track of um, compared to most other abilities, but still a decent island.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh. I agree. I think this one's overall pretty good, and like half of the ones we've talked about so far it has potential to be abused.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the next one is kind of infamous, I guess, if you will, based on a, a fleet that won one of Wolf's. Uh, Fleet challenges and it's Verdant Isle. This is one to two lost. Put a crew on from the ship onto this island. It can't be reassigned to the ship this turn. And 5-6 rare orchid. Next time the ship explores this island, you can replace a non-unique treasure coin slope with a unique treasure from your collection. So that's just like um what Ancient altar, uh, basically the same thing. But this one specifically was used in a in a fleet by 2 4. Uh, the Creative Fleet Challenge, and he used it to bring in Altar of the Loa, which we'll see later, which is game-breaking if used properly, as we'll see. So this one is similarly overpowered. The 1-2 effect is pretty negligible, so this one is very game-breaking.
1: Yeah, this strikes me as a less consequential version of Ancient Altar, because the one to two effect is, as you said, less crippling. So I, I would use this over ancient altar. Yeah. All right. Next up we have uh, a, well, these are kind of a set of islands that, well, they're called great turtles. And on the reverse side, they have a trade current, uh, which is a terrain type added to the set, which we'll talk about in a second. But a great turtle is a form of island that can be moved. It says, this island can be used as a home island or wild island. If no ships are docked at this island, give one of your ships a move action, but do not move her. Instead, move this island to S. This island can't be moved within two S of any ships or other islands. Which, I think there's plenty of discussion to have about how to, again, use that to your advantage. All of the great turtles have unique art, as far as I know, because they had to fit onto different island punches. Yep. Um, I guess one of the uses I can think of for this is gradually scoot it toward wild islands or put a fort on one and move that towards your enemy's home island.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get like a zone control, like Ramsgate would be a good fort to do that with, or Paradeus, mm-hmm. of course. This is one I really want to play with. I could just proxy it. Um, I gotta, I've had some ideas on this in the past, um, similar to what you were talking about. So, it's really interesting, and I think this could go on the list of game pieces to talk about more once we brainstorm, like, specific use cases as well, or some of the creative stuff. Yeah. Um. So, I guess I'll zip through the rest of them, because we've got Islands 10, 11, and 12 are all Great Turtle slash Trade Currents. Got some different Which, artwork there. I do
1: like Trade data, Currents. Or... We really didn't discuss, though.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll start with those. Um. So... The Trade Current says, Trade Current is friendly to the player who placed it. Once per turn, when a friendly ship moves over or begins her turn touching a friendly Trade Current, she gets plus S to her base move. So these are um, a function of the Navigator crew, a two-point crew. You can place a Trade Current on a three through six after giving a ship's move action for the turn, giving up the action. So it's a very good terrain to place with crew, and it's unique in that regard because most terrain just, you know, is placed... Um, at setup, and you don't get to really influence it very much outside of like smoke pot specialist stuff like that. But trade currents are extremely valuable. They're fantastic, especially in longer games, which I have some not as great experience with because uh, it gets kind of overpowered. Because they, you can dump a tra- ton of trade currents down in longer campaign games, and then you get the bonus a lot of times, and it just kind of compounds. So that's why I like Celestine's charts that UT will talk about. But overall, trade currents are great. I'm not a huge fan of kind of almost like a supernatural aspect of it, but it's still still an interesting um, idea. I just think Navigator should have been more expensive. Mm-hmm. And one thing real quick, you can actually dump Trade Currents with loss, the UT, where you can roll a d6 and that's how many terrain you play. So a lot of times that's used mm-hmm. for whirlpools, pools, putting reefs under 10 Masters, putting like a Sargasso Sea under the Banshee's Cry. But you could put six Trade Currents down if you roll a six, which can really make your fleet way faster like all of a sudden so just kind of further illustrates how broken lost is obviously yeah
1: Yeah. um something else uh, that i'd like to add is that trade currents i mean you can sort of think of them as a boost pad really i'm sure you said something of the sort but correct me if i'm wrong aren't navigators like one point maybe two no they're all two Oh, okay, there are two, but a helmsman is also two. Yeah. So just one navigator in a large game is capable of absolutely swaying things.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure you found that out from a uh, gameplay experience of having it only used against you, not using it yourself at all.
0: Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> kind of both, in a way. Kind of an interesting... Yeah, yeah in CG1, the Spanish... Uh, well, spoiler alert, of course, but the Spanish 1... Um, using some trade currents, the English came in second without using any, and then I think in CG2, I'm pretty sure I, well, the English won, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure I didn't use any trade currents in that game, and both opponents did, um, I believe so, at least. So, so it can be overcome, but it is annoying, and, uh, it's kind of overpowered over time. So,
1: yep. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. And then the last island type. Do you want me to start this one? Yeah, sure. All right, this is a pretty simple one. The four last islands, numbers 13 through 16, are an Isle of Fire, and on the reverse side, they have a trade current, meaning I'm pretty sure there were no normal types of terrain printed in Savage Shores, no reefs or fog banks as far as I know. The Isle of Fire says, the island can be used only as a wild island. At the beginning of his or her turn, the active player rolls a d6. On a result of six, randomly eliminate one treasure coin from this island. So it's a not particularly poor, or a not particularly good, mysterious island, sort of. I'm sure this would be alright for smaller games, if you want to see it gradually turn, if people are somewhat evenly competing for for gold and waging war on each other. But in some more extreme games, I think this would kind of be forgettable and not that interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I actually think these are really underpowered for what I think of like a volcanic eruption and pirates being like. Um, mm-hmm. It's only on a six and then you eliminate one treasure coin, so, um, so it's kind of lame and kind of boring. I think it would be much more interesting if ships docked the island were affected uh, by lava, and crew got eliminated, stuff like that. It could be way more serious. I don't think it should be too devastating, but. And on that note, I actually have a. I designed a ring of fire, like, island chain of custom mysterious islands, but hopefully we'll get to that um, eventually.
1: So, that anyway. reminds me of a really horrible story, but I don't think I'll share that on this episode. Okay. It involves an entire box of frozen jalapeno poppers. Oh, boy. If anybody can follow. Anyway.
0: Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think got... that means. <laughs> they have uh, different artwork for each of the Isles of Fire as well, which is cool. So, yeah.
1: yeah, and all of them are pretty good looking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm enlarging some of the pictures so people can see if they check out the video on YouTube. I think the fourth one especially is good. I like. It looks like a lot of flow coming down on 16, the last one. But yeah. uh, anyway, so it looks like we're into the, the ships and, and crew in the main bulk of the set here. So, number 001 is he which is how I say it. I have no idea how to pronounce it. It's H-E-apostrophe-E, and it's one of the worst game pieces ever. So, this is an American Rare Squid, 5-masted, 5-segment sea monster, 18 points, 1 cargo, S move. Cannons are 4S, 3S, 3S, 3S in the middle, and then 4S, sea monster keyword. And when you give this sea creature a shoot action, you can choose to make only one cannon roll. If you do when the shot hits, eliminate two masks from the target, and then place the ship next to the sea creature. This sea creature can immediately initiate a boarding party, but neither is considered to be rammed. So, complicated long ability, uh, and mostly useless, because you can only make one cannon roll, um, and you only have a 50% chance of hitting based on the cannons. And this one is just horrendous. I just, I've bashed it a lot on the forum and elsewhere, so it's not worth... Half the cost, even, I would argue. So, one of the worst ever. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I mean, mean, if you take the one off the front and make this worth eight points, I'm <laughs> still not sure I'd use it. Yeah. It'd be kind of interesting at that cost, but also yeah. still kind of bland.
2: Yep.
1: As is, it's just bad and expensive.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh.
1: Which, fortunately, we can't really say about all of the rest of the pieces in this set, yep. uh, especially the Sea Monsters, the next one up is a lot more interesting and has a lot of utility. It's Intermediaro, which is a Spanish squid, so five tentacles, 17 points, two cargo, L plus S move, four 3S tentacles, and then one 4S. Its abilities, if this sea creature is within S of both a wild island and a friendly ship, she can place one treasure from that wild island on that ship as a free action. So this is... It doesn't ask that the island be explored. So in a sense, you can just kind of use this as an adjunct hoist to, well, for any ship, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one is crazy. I do, I did acquire it, but it's um, it's got a massive pirate code entry. Um, this is another one we could talk about in detail. There's a bunch of those in this set. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's a big pirate code entry. I've hardly used it at all. But anyway, I would highly recommend checking out the code entry. It is misspelled. There's an extra I towards the end. But anyway, it's, it's kind of complicated when you get into it, obviously, from the code. But yeah, it's pretty good. I think Wolf used it with canoes in one of the fleet challenges um, a, lo- a while back. And in general, it's pretty good between the speed, the ability, and then the cannons are somewhat serviceable. So yeah, it's a pretty interesting one. Mm-hmm. unique ability, the only time we've seen it in the whole game. so, so obvious, And the only so. time we ever will. Yeah, exactly. Unless, unless, unless that's too depressing for you to hear. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Alright, um, so the next one is Lurker de Seuss, and this is a French rare uh, Serpent. So this is a Sea Serpent 4-segment four, four Sea Monster, 19 points, 0 cargo, L move, cannons are 4s, 3s, 2l, 3s, Sea Monster and Fear keywords, And if this this sea creature is within S of a friendly ship, when this sea creature is given a move action, it gets plus S to its base move. This one is quite lackluster, kind of reminds me of a lot of the other serpents, but this one is even more expensive than most of those. And the ability is okay, but it's too slow. I don't know, it's just, it's still not going to be all that quick. And 19 points, way too much to pay for a captainless gunship with meh guns. So, not a fan of this one. It is, it's kind of got a rainbow look a little bit, so it's kind of cool looking. That's
1: about it. But it that's has a fear weird. keyword, and we all know that's worth 14 <laughs> points. Um, this is like a bad version of Seleucus, kind of.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Or even worse. I mean, it has fear, yeah, but what good is that really going to do you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Besides, right. this won't even be able to keep up with whatever it's giving a move bonus to. Yeah. Yeah. This one's just kind of a disaster. Yeah. So let's move on to one that's not, which is Ophidius, which is the other Sea Serpent in this set. This one's 12 points, has no cargo space. L plus S move. All of its segments are 2L, eternal. An opponent may initiate a boarding party against the Sea Monster. If the opponent wins a boarding party, it may load one of the Sea Monster segments. The segment does not take up any cargo space and may be unloaded at the player's home island for plus 2 gold. So that's a small downside. But even though you don't get a captain, you're getting four 2L guns, a decent move, and a turtle. So I think this is one of the better pieces in the set. Yeah. And that's kind of saying a lot, because there are a lot of good pieces in the set.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, this one is one I, I haven't experienced the negative yet. Um, I've only played it a few times. Um, it looks really cool, too. They talk about nesting on a massive cage of sunken gold, and you can see that in the artwork. I think it's one of the cooler-looking ones as Oh well. yeah, that too. Yeah, it's got a nice, kind of reminds me of Smaug because it's like red-orange and then it's got gold around, so anyway. Um, but yeah, Eternal, uh, great speed. I mean, this is definitely one of the best serpents in the game and one of the cheapest sea monsters just in general, so this one is fantastic and I'd like to use this one more as well. It's kind of a handful mm-hmm. of kind of wacky pieces like Intramid Euro and Ophidius that I haven't used enough, so good set to experiment with. Um, but that's that's the end of the Sea Monsters. We're moving on to New Frontiers, and the first ship is Ooh. actually the Frontier. So this is a rare American three-masted hoist. So I guess before I go on, I guess I should read the, the hoist keyword here. We'll pull up the master keyword list. So hoists were a ship type in Savage Shores, obviously. And uh, we see some more in Return to Savage Shores, but since this was the last set, we didn't get to see many of them. We'll see four tonight. And the hoist keyword says, a ship with this keyword printed on its deck plate card has a movable hoist near its bow. When this ship explores, it may transfer cargo to and from any islands and friendly ships that it can touch with its hoist. Once returned, the ship may be given a free explore action to explore any island, derelict, or friendly ship that it can touch with its hoist. At the end of a move action, if this ship's hoist can touch a wild island you have previously explored, it may immediately load treasure from that island as a free action. This is a great keyword. It allows you to just start yanking gold from islands at will. You don't have to dock. You don't have to deal with negative effects, um, at least not all of them. And it's also got the secret hold keyword, which I'll read as well. This one is a lot shorter. Secret hold says enemy ships can't take or transfer treasure from this ship. So a nice defensive, defensive gold runner ability that's also pretty good. So... I know Wolf said that he contributed to the hoist keyword. I think on the forum, I'm pretty sure he said that he contributed all three of those ideas and told the designers to pick, like, one or whatever, and they went with all three, which is, I think, part yeah, of the reason.
1: Yeah, I think he said one or two, maybe, but yeah, they went with all of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so that's part of the reason hoists are came a bit overpowered here. Um, so the Frontier, though, back to the main ship, it's a three-masted hoist. They're all 3 masts. And it's 17 points, 8 cargo, SS move, cannons are 4S, 3S, 4S, and this poison secret hold keyword. So this one, not only one of the best American treasure runners in the game, I would say it's one of the best gold runners in existence, period, especially in a slightly larger game where you can defend it adequately. And this thing with just a helmsman is amazing, and then if you start adding more if you had a navigator in your fleet or cargo master or stuff like that this thing becomes like really a beast at the gold
1: game it absolutely does i've used this before my favorite combination is helmsman cargo master which we'll get to later wayne nolan and then there's some kind of sat or maybe a fleet admiral i'm pretty sure there's an sat that Links, uh, I don't remember, but the details are: you end up with S plus S plus S move. You keep all eight cargo space, and you have a fifty-five percent chance of same action twice with the reroll included from Wayne Nolan. So this is an incredibly good ship. Period. Very fast, colossal cargo space, and you don't have to slow down to pick up gold. Yeah, okay. I agree with you. I think this is one of the best well one of the best ships ever released.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's nice looking too. And this one, I will say it's definitely it playable in small games. Even forty I've seen this thing dominate forty point games. So even though it's yeah. really expensive for a gold runner, the, the, the keywords, the cargo and the speed with a Helmsman all combine to make it still wicked good. So like Helmsman Orthman only gets you to twenty points, then you still have twenty or twenty five to spend on
1: fighting or even more gold mm-hmm. if you want. So, Yeah. I'd say this is better than its compatriot here among the normal, you know, just the plain rares of the set, mm-hmm. uh, being Buscador, the mm-hmm. Spanish equivalent. This is another hoist, so that means three masts plus the claw arm on the front. This one is 14 points, seven cargo space, L move. All three masts have five S guns. Hoist, if this ship is within S of an enemy ship, when the ship is given a move action, she gets plus S to her base move. I don't think that's too bad, but to me, the significantly, well, I guess not significantly, the slightly slower base move and slightly smaller cargo space hurt a lot more than anything. Even though it's considerably cheaper by three points, mm, the low move speed makes it trickier to use, because if you yeah. do get caught up to buy something, plus S is probably not going to save you. Yeah. You're going to get really wrecked. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're going to need to use this with an Escort, period.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, especially the cannons are worth two, so there's no no real hybrid option, whereas the Frontier has it a tiny bit with a Captain, since you have so much cargo. Yeah, Buscador is yeah. not as good. I still do think it's one of the best... Um, Gold runners for the Spanish, and one of the better three-masted cargo ships out there. Um, okay ability, not as good as Secret Hold, but yeah, slower, less cargo, worse cannons. It's pretty much worse in every way, so kind of like a poor man's hoist, but, you know, seven cargo for 14 points is a solid deal, and overall, still a nice ship. Still a solid-looking ship, too. This one is somewhat pretty, and I made a mistake just now, um... There's actually three hoists we'll see tonight. I thought there were three rares mm-hmm. one super rare, but anyway. So yeah, Buscador pretty solid, but Frontier in a class of their own. So I don't Love a, yeah I don't have a pun for the Celestine, but this is a cursed one-masted <sighs> galley. The next ship, eleven points, three cargo, L plus S move, four S cannon, the galley keyword of course, and when this ship is given a move action, roll a D six before moving her. On a result of a five or six, place a trade current. On a one or two, eliminate a friendly trade current. On a three or four, this ship gets plus S to her base move, that action, with a link to the master scribe, who pairs really well, because he's got the navigator and explorer keywords. So this is one of the best and only cursed gold runners, purpose-built gold runners the cursed ever got, and therefore, this set kind of made up for the curse lack of gold running options in a decent fashion. The Americans really made out incredibly well in that regard, but... Celestine is an interesting ship, another one of kind ability that we never saw elsewhere. And with a Navigator aboard with Master Scribe, you can place two Trade Currents in a turn if you roll a five or six for the ship, and then, a th- of course, a three through six for Master Scribe with the Navigator keyword. Um, I've seen it both ways, and I know Xerox has as well. Sometimes you'll get two Trade Currents in a turn with the combo, or you'll miss the Navigator roll and you'll roll badly for the Celestine and have to eliminate one. But overall, it usually works out really well. And then the middle, you get plus S to your base moves. Then you're going around at LSS, even without a helmsman. So overall, it's a very good ship, and the link helps save a cargo space. So the Celestine is a great golden ring option, and one of the best like logistical ships ever released. For fleets.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Doesn't the hmm, Navigator ability preclude you from moving when you use it um
0: i think so but i think you can still use both as far as i know i'll try to look up in the code in the meantime but
1: okay Uh, if you can use both then it would make a lot of sense and then you could set up a lot of trade currents well no you couldn't because there's uh when given a move action not default each turn i guess we'll clarify that in a second
0: yeah the code Yeah, because you're not giving it up, so roll a d6 before moving her, so you can still move, and then in the pirate code it does say, um, rolling for this ability does not use up the ship's action, it may complete the action as normal, regardless of the die roll result. So I guess you'd use the Celestine's ability first, and then I guess the Navigator keyword after if you had Master Scribe.
1: Alright, so I had that wrong, in which case this is clearly a pretty decent little gold runner but more than anything it's a good support ship especially for larger games where you can make use of those trade currents for turn upon turn with so many ships
2: mhm
0: yep and it's a it's a gold mine for the cursed they need something like this to stay semi competitive
1: yeah but you know odds are if you know with our luck If the game had (laughs) kept going, we'd have gotten something better. Actually, we know we would have, but we'll talk about that at at some other point. Speaking of luck, the next ship on the list is HMS Lucy's Luck. This is another one-masted galley. This one is English, hence HMS. 11 points, 3 cargo space, base move of S plus S, 3 S gun, galley. Mass on the ship can't be eliminated by shots unless the cannon rolls a 6. I've used this before, but I did so without thinking to myself, wait a minute it's a one-masted ship. You can just ram the mast off. Yeah. This suffers from the same problem that all the other defensive abilities one-masted ships have. Yep. You can ram it. You don't even need to bother shooting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just like the Pestilence from Fire and Steel, but a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. the best use I find is copying the ability to, for example, a Tenmaster, but the Pestilence mm-hmm. is Cursed, so you can use that on with the Cursed Tenmasters who have the copiers. So, Ulysses' luck is not not one that gets a lot of usage. Got I like the Union Jack on the sail, they nice artwork there, but you know mm-hmm. when that's the when that's the best thing about the ship, you know you've got kind of a stinker a little bit, so
1: not terrible. Yeah, well, but you know, not, the not best good. you can say about a ship is it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. it's like the best you can say about well a girl is well she's she's kind of funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, like Lurker De Seuss is nice, but eh, yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah so the next one is the Rook's Folly, which is a cursed ship, and this is a four-masted rare galley, 16 points, four cargo, SS move, all four cannons are 4S, the galley keyword, and the possession ability, so if an enemy ship is within an S of this ship, you can use the ship's action for the turn to try to possess a target crew on that ship. Roll a d6 on a six, the target is immediately assigned to the ship. Its nationality changes to match the nationality of this ship, so this one is not very good. I think it's... I think it might be the only ship with possession built in. The others are crew. And although the speed is okay, the cost is really high. It can't be a great gold runner or a very good gunship. So it doesn't have much going for it at all. And possession has always been overpriced by WizKids. This one could pass for between 10 and 12 points. And I think she might see a little bit of usage, but as is, she'll see almost no usage ever.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm I right. I'm pretty sure this... A specific ability was later amended where, if the die roll fails, you could take an action for the turn. Yeah. Still, yeah, you can. Even with that in mind, this is it's a ship that I really want to like because I want to like the ability, but the ability is not all that special. Um, it's not exceptionally fast, the guns are pretty poor. You would need to pick up a lot of crew to make this worthwhile,
2: yeah.
1: And if you're going to do that, just put, say, Papa Doc onto a better cursed ship. Yep. <laughs> it's, I just want to, I want to like it. I can't. Mm-hmm. But one I can like is Akua Lapu, the other four-masted galley from this set, which is 15 points, so it's one cheaper. It has four cargo space, like Rook's Folly. It has S plus S move, like Rook's Folly. It has 2S, 3S, 3S, 2S guns. Mm-hmm. And then its ability – oh, this is a pirate ship, by the way. Its ability is crew assigned to the ship don't take up cargo space. This ship can be assigned a maximum of three crew. I think this is an absolutely excellent hybrid. I like to throw on something like Hammersmith, the Fire and Steel version that's a captain plus helmsman. Maybe a world hater and maybe same action twice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Hammersmith, S-A-T. Yeah.
1: Or maybe even just an Explorer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of
1: hybrid.
2: hmm
0: Yeah, this one is also pretty sure there's a there's some fun setups you can do if you want to make it more elaborate and expensive. Um, mm-hmm. There's some pirate crew. Like, I think the LE version of Crimson Angel from Rise of the Fiends is captain and crew of any nationality can use their abilities, which can mm-hmm. allow you to get the Viking version of uh, Grim the Savage aboard to try Ooh. to raid home islands.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's a good one. I hadn't thought of that.
0: Yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i pretty sure I wasn't the first. I think Wolf thought of it, and some other people have posted fleets about it. Maybe one of my fleets uses it, I think. But anyway, because um, then you still have all four cargo, and with Grim, you can take as many coins as you can carry. So combine that with the Helmsman and then you know whatever else, probably SAT still, uh, you could take four coins from an enemy home island in one turn and still have good speed and cannons. So... So yeah, it's a a lot of great combos available with that one. Um, Yeah, This is one of Wolf's favorite ships, one of the better ships from the set overall, and a really cool one. So it's a good, it's a fun ability to play around with too, on a few
1: customs. So anyway. Were there any named crew that had the helmsman ability and then another ability that was not captain? I don't,
0: not to my knowledge, I've made customs like that, but I don't think, I can't remember any real
1: ones. Okay, because I thought there maybe might have been one or possibly one in Return to Savage Shores, but I'm not certain. Yeah. If there oh, were. Yeah. In
0: that in that set, maybe. I don't know. I think we'll, uh,
1: we'll get think to the, that.
0: I think the Fire and Steel version of Louis Duan has like Royal Spain, but that doesn't really count. So
1: Yeah, that really doesn't count. That's. <laughs> <Yeah>. of, <laughs> anyway. That was just wasted ink.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, uh, the next one is uh, the first named crew here in the set which is a great one, Commodore Peregrine Stern, and this is a rare American, uh, number 11, 9 points, Captain, Loyal America, Hostile Spain, and once per turn roll a d6. On a 5 or 6, this ship may be given an extra action. This ship gets plus 1 to her boarding rolls. So a great combo crew. Um, you get a lot of good abilities, all good combat abilities. Hostile Spain is pretty much negligible. So, And with the points, it comes out to a slight discount because of hostile with captain at 3, extraction at 5, so that's 8 and then plus 1 of boarding rolls it's usually about 2 or it should be. So that'd be 10, so he's only 9. So you get a tiny discount. Um very good crew. I love putting him on some of the bigger and better American four and five mast capital ships. I love putting him on the Albany, which I've probably talked about on the podcast already, um cuz he combos really well with that ship. It has the uh the hoarding gold ability and uh this is just a great name crew in general. Only problem really is that, uh, you know, you don't want to put too many eggs in one basket as they say. So if he gets eliminated, that ship is probably toast. So you want to have like helmsman, uh, doubt, uh, undoubtedly, and then probably an oarsman or something else. So he won't die. If not, yeah, you could,
1: yeah, you could try that. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's good. Um, and to add what you were saying about discount, if you use WizKid's uh, boarding roll bonus being plus four, that would make him a three-point discount. But he's so expensive that he's really limited to being used on capital ships. So he's almost unusable in a small game. And in a big game, again, you're still spending a ton on one unique crew. Yeah. And he's he's just something you don't want to lose, which is kind of one yeah. of the hard parts about really expensive crew that are, say, more than about seven points.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like high-risk, high-reward.
1: Yeah, but speaking of crew that are seven points, conveniently, um, next on the list is Master Bianco, who is returning for the first time since Spanish Main. He's seven points, Spanish. Cargo Master, Secret Hold, linked to Bianco's haulers, who also reappear. Cargo Master, for those who don't know, is effectively, the crew does not take up space, and it adds... One cargo space to every single ship in the fleet that belongs to the same nationality as the ship that it's on. Ergo, if you put Master Bianco, a Spanish cargo master, onto a Spanish ship, that ship gets one extra cargo space. He doesn't take up any, and all your other Spanish ships get one extra cargo space. It's an incredibly powerful ability, especially in big games. You really only need to make it work on two ships for it to be worthwhile because WizKid's own plus one cargo ability costs three points. And the generic cargo master was meant to cost five. So yeah, you do the math.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And see, your hold is worth about two points. That's about right for that ability. So it makes sense. Um, it's just one of, I've already talked about it, so I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I think it just should have had a cap like, Pick three or five ships or whatever that get the plus one because uncapped it becomes breakable uh, more and more as the game size increases. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: great crew, just uh, OP. So, yeah.
1: my solution, uh, which I'll drop in alongside yours, mm-hmm. was to give all cargo masters the limit keyword, which would sort of prevent them from being used as a generic crew. Yeah. It would also take up your one chance to use a super powerful, you know, limit type of crew. Yeah. And uh, I think even in really big games, people would still choose it though.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, the next one is, uh, a French crew. Capitaine. Baudouin mean, Flote. I don't know if I did that right, but
1: uh, it sounded pretty close to me. I don't American know.
2: French.
0: Nice. All right. So <laughs> rare, yeah. Rare French crew, nine points, captain and Lord Micron's ability. Instead of giving the ship an action for this turn, you can give another sh- ship in your fleet, two actions link to a master we'll talk about soon that I won't try to pronounce. And this one is a great crew, like Lord Micron, not quite as overpowered as Micron because he's only six points. This guy is captain tacked on. So you kind of have to, this one is more of a trade-off. So do you put him on a capital ship and try to, like, manage, like, actually moving and shooting with a captain with that ship um, and then giving up some actions but not others? Or more likely, you'll, Probably put him on the Corps du Leon along with Princess Ari Ara for only 11 points total. And just park him at your home island and give actions at will. Uh, that's what he's used for more often, at least in my experience. So great crew. Not quite as overpowered or amazing as Micron, but almost on that level. So OP as well.
1: Yeah, he's a really powerful one. I want to use him just for his ladder ability. But part of me thinks that... You could sort of do, just kind of put together a big French battle group in a big game, have him at the center of it on a sort of capital ship, and then as enemies come at you, use his extra action donation ability on the smaller ships, turn into sort of a boss fight where they have to fight their way to the center.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. It's fun. But you got the scenario, too.
1: Yeah. Although, oh. I would really want to donate his extra action to live on apart from Davy Jones' curse. Uh, Forget everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a game ruiner, but yeah. <laughs> You have to say it. Yeah. Um the next crew up is Wraith who is a cursed oops, who is a named cursed crew and the first of this set, I believe. He is 4 points. And his ability is, whenever any crew is eliminated, roll a D6. On a result of six, assign the crew to this ship. Its nationality changes to match the nationality of the ship, and it becomes linked to this crew. I'm pretty sure that's somewhat similar to the ability of Davy Jones from Caribbean.
0: Yeah, Yeah, he's got other stuff too, but yeah, same thing for this one.
1: Uh. I like this one. It's not that effective, but in a really big game, if you've got crew elimination stuff going on, Mm -hmm. and again, if you figured out how to do Runes of Thor plus Nemo's plans, this would turn into something interesting really fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I did uh, without the UT combo, I did that in Vassal Campaign Game 1 with this guy on uh, the Loki's Revenge, which has Sack built in, So to try to turn the ship into, like, a death machine. But the problem was, um, even the Loki's Revenge, which is, you know, a long ship that can shoot six 2L shots, um, even without Sack, even then, um, the ship just goes down quickly. So even if you stack up, like, 10-plus crew over the course of many turns in a big game, it's tough to to keep the ship that Wraith is alive. Uh, It's tough to keep that ship afloat when your opponents target it and once you get into battle. So... I still want to try it out on a Ten Master with Sack. I don't think I've done that, but anyway. So, I do like how they didn't... It kind of feels like an ability that they would overprice. So, I think four is about right. I think it's a fair cost. So, I'm glad they didn't go crazy with it, like, with the possession ability and make it, like, eight or some crazy stuff like that. So, I I like that they brought Wraith back, too. So, I think they started mentioning him in, like, Crimson Coast, I'm pretty sure. So... Exactly.
1: Oh, oh, something oh, else I yeah, just I thought, thought of. That, I think yeah. he would pair pretty well with Devil's Maw, so even if you fail the role, you can get the crew back. Okay. Not, not for use with, you know, a sack captain or oh, anything.
0: Oh, I, I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Cool. Anyway, um, would you like to try to pronounce the next <laughs> ship on the list?
0: I know, I was looking at it. I was like, oh god, I forgot the ship.
1: I wasn't looking at
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> That's I want to say
1: it's L'Épée de l'Ange, okay. uh, but... <laughs> yeah, we uh, again, I don't speak French.
0: Yeah, we tried. <laughs> uh, so this is an uncommon French foremaster. Uh, 17 points, 3 cargo, L move. The cannons are 3L, 4L, 4L, 3L. And the ship's cannons may not be eliminated. Mass still maybe. If derelict, she cannot shoot. So HMS Dreadnought's ability. But not a great ship to see that on because the cannons are not great. I would want to use a world hater on this, like Barb and I. Barb and I is the French one, the generic or the the regular world hater. And I don't know, it's just not a very impressive ship. I've seen it in action a few times, and the cannons just aren't accurate enough. And they've got other great foremasters, like like Horus for the same cost that are just way better. So this one is not too impressive to me at all.
1: Yeah, every time I've looked at it, I just thought this is way too many points for a way too little ship. Yeah. It's a decent ability, but the stats need too much augmentation for it to really match up to what it costs. Um I think you're right, La Corsa is a much, much better choice, oh. which is a s- pretty similar cost. Is it one or two points more? Uh, it's seventeen or eighteen. I think it's the same. Is it? I'll look at it. Well up then I then. think that kind of s- I think that kind of saw uh answers that because I'm fairly sure La Corse has all two S guns, I wanna say.
0: Well they're all they're all three rank three, but then it has the Auto's ability. So
1: okay. Yeah, but but still then that's a better choice for a big capital ship for the most part. Next up is bruja, which I think is a Portuguese word, maybe. Maybe it's bruya. Uh, that's a really bad name for a gastropub. Don't open a restaurant called that. Uh, Bruja, or Bruyat is a four-point pirate warship, I guess, because it doesn't have enough cargo to be anything else. It costs 15 points. It has two cargo. L base move, 3S, 3S, 3L, 3L guns. Fear, when the ship hits an enemy ship, you can also eliminate one cargo from that ship. I don't think I'd read that ability in much detail before. I think we're in agreement that that's a very powerful ability, yeah. but the gun ranks aren't this uh the gun ranks on this aren't great. the cargo space is small, and it's not super fast, yeah. so you have to crew it to the gills period uh fear's a little bit overpriced by the way
2: yeah.
1: uh I guess it's if you're gonna use this ship, you're gonna have to commit to really crewing it up as much as possible,
0: yeah, yeah, this one is tough the potential. I don't know. I would do I would keep it pretty simple. Do the link through a Sandro and then Helmsman Oarsman. And then with the Link you don't you'd still have one cargo I guess. So you could add something else. Then you'd have rank two cannons overall because the Sandro is captain and World Hater. And then you've got LS speed, maybe a cargo space, beer. I think it can actually be turned into a pretty good gunship. Um, it's a little better to just put Cheval on a better Pirate Foremaster like one of the Black Pearls, for example. But yeah. actually I do think this ship is a little bit underrated actually as a just a death machine pirate gunship. So it's really kinda simple how you use it, but I know the cargo is really ugly, but I think you can you can work with it and make it, you know, a simple, powerful gunship. So I think it's actually decent, but
1: I think uh, you're right. I think I haven't really given it a chance before in my mind, and all that taken into consideration, it probably is pretty decent. Yeah, it's definitely Although, good,
0: it's definitely a good link because you really want the world hater to eliminate as much cargo as possible. So make, yeah, make it a fearsome ship, pun intended. So,
1: yeah,
2: the, <laughs> uh, the, I I do says, stand
1: by though uh, yeah. my opinion that this is something where it's either don't use it or go all out.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and then it says the flavor text says the "witch is the bruja," translation. So
1: the witch is bruja.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that was an oh, attempted at a pun. I don't even know if it came across.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next one, I'm already I'm looking at the next one, and we could talk for an hour, but I'll try to keep it short. So the first, oh, I'll actually gotta explain the the keyword. So. The native canoes are next. Oh, by the way, I did look up the course, and it is 17. The foremaster from TJC is 17, so same cost as the, the ship we were talking about that I won't pronounce again. <laughs> but the native canoe keyword, there's three sets in this set, and native canoe says, in order for a ship with this keyword to be in your fleet when the game begins, you must first place a crew of the same nationality with the chieftain keyword on a ship in your fleet, and we'll see that in a second. A native canoe functions exactly like a standard ship, except that it cannot have its cargo capacity increased, so no cargo master stuff here. It cannot be given an explore action on your first turn, so you have to wait. It cannot ram or be rammed, pin or be pinned, board or be boarded, and it cannot tow, so you can't steal gold, you can't use it as like a towing logistics ship, stuff like that. When a native canoe is hit, it sinks. Native canoes are never derelict. They don't really have mass that get eliminated, they just sink right away. And then the chieftain keyword which are associated with the canoes. Um, it's also in the master keyword list. And a crew with this keyword must be assigned up to a ship at the beginning of the game It assumes the a full point cost of it's associated native canoes. So the point cost is, like, deferred to the chieftain because you can't assign individual point costs to the canoes. That's why they did it like that. After placing your ships at your home island and assigning crew, choose a wild island and place five native canoes of the chieftain's nationality so their vows touch that island. You cannot choose the same wild island as an opposing player. So they started with wild island, not your home island. While this crew is assigned to a friendly ship, once during your turn you may give an action to each native canoe in your fleet. All native canoes of a single nationality that are given actions must be given the same action. So all moves or all shoots, whatever. If no crew with this keyword is assigned to a ship in your fleet, only one native canoe can be given an action each turn. If this crew is eliminated, roll a d6 on a 1 or 2, eliminate one native canoe. On a 3 or 4, eliminate 2. And on a 5 or 6, eliminate 3. So you want to keep the chieftain safe, that's really important. And you also have to have to find a ship that can hold their point cost. So, for example, the American native canoes cost 10 points. And you need a, at least a 10-point ship for the Americans, um, in general, at least to house the chieftain, and you want to keep them safe. So, the American native canoes are the best ones, without a doubt, pretty much. Um, so, these are uncommons, 10 points, two cargo each. So that's 10 cargo for 10 points. Uh, SL move, two S cannons for all five. Native canoe keyword. And this is where it gets even crazier. Once per turn is a free action, you can transfer one treasure from a friendly ship within S of the ship to this ship. So this is another one we could discuss at length um, for a long time. But basically, it's a really great ability where you can chain them together without even having them have to touch. So you can move, you can have one at an island, then move it SL towards another one. The second one is within S and takes the coin. That one moves S plus L and then another one is there, so you can have a huge chain to transport a coin a very large distance, like S plus L times 5, plus another five s's total. Um, Ish, yeah. exactly. It's a gigantic
1: range. Plus, yeah, exactly. uh, plus, I'm fairly sure I've seen this comboed with Intermediaro or Hoists as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Getting the Frontier involved is even crazier, especially because that ship is a great ship for the Chieftain, because it's so expensive, and you're going to have other crew on it anyway. Maybe a yeah. Cargo Master, but Anyway, so these ones are just amazing. I've used them a lot. Um, it's part of the reason the Americans, my American fleet won Vassal Campaign Game 3. And it's also part of the reason the Americans did so well in Economy Edition in 2015, a physical campaign game. So, and even in smaller games, these are wicked good because you got 10 cargo for 10 points. And then you just have to put the chieftain somewhere. So, usually on a gunship that costs at least 15 points, so you can have a captain and helmsman. Or if you want to really go crazy, use these and the Frontier in a 40-point fleet for, like, fifteen <laughs> cargo or something, so... Yeah, it's it's wacky. And this is, this is a game changer for the Americans, because it goes... It's, like, one of their best treasure runners, probably their best, and it makes them go from, like, not such a great treasure-running faction. This set catapults them up a little bit in the rankings, and really makes them quite viable and way more viable in smaller games.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. these... Uh... They go down like flies, and the fact that you can only do one action, and it has to be universal action, all of them, means that I'd say the 2S gun is kind of forgettable. Yeah. Sure, if you sail into their midst, you can take some bad hits, but overall, I would really skew towards using these only for gold running. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's a job, as as you have explained it in pretty good detail, is something they are superb at. yeah. Um, I don't actually have any experience using them. Uh, I think you've. Is there anything you'd like to add on the use of the American Native canoes?
0: No, I've, I've, those are the two main uses. I've used them elsewhere too, um, and I'm sure I'll use them again. One thing to, another thing just to, just to reiterate how ridiculous the price is. You're getting ten total cargo at SLP for ten total points. A lot of people thought the Darkhawk II was the best ship in the game for a long time. That's eight cargo for ten points and only L speed without a helmsman, so I mean it's just and crazy.
1: you lose out on that speed if you fill that entire hold. Yeah, exactly. So it's like seven.
0: Yeah, yep.
1: Yeah, so it's it's arguably better for gold running than the Darkhawk too. Yeah. Not as much for war, but you're not going to use them for that. And specialist ships tend to have the upper hand on generalist ships. Yep. Um. The next one up is the Spanish set of native canoes. These come in at nine points. These have one cargo space, S plus S move, and four S guns. So, so far, worse in every way except cost, although they do also have a very good ability. Each treasure this ship unloads at your home island is worth plus one gold. And because each one of these carries just one, you're able to empty an island and bring it back for plus four effectively.
0: Or plus five total, or well, with enough coins. Sorry,
1: okay. Yeah. I, I was thinking with uh, the sort of 40 yes, standard. Coins, four prime, but yeah, yeah, but yes. Um, which means even if you came across an island that somehow had all ones, you'd be bringing back 10 gold worth. Yep, and yeah. actually, if you played a Joker of a game where everybody's oh, we're gonna use all our zero coins, you'd still be bringing <laughs> something back.
0: Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. That's a good combo to use with zeros, yeah.
1: Yeah, the only problem with zeros is you still have to meet that 15 point cap, and then you're just kind of playing roulette with, it. are the sevens and eights going to end up on the home island nearest my opponent? Yeah. or Yeah, on the wild island.
0: Yeah, unless you're like me and use house rules where you can use any gold amount, but yeah, sometimes yeah. it's quite fun. Um, but yeah, these ones, Eric knows I've used these ones a lot too, because they're one of the reasons that my Spanish one battle campaign game won, and they had um, that game was totally bonkers crazy. Um, so they ended up with seven total sets for 35 total canoes running gold to oh. the uh, home island, or the Wild Islands close to their home island. So I'd, sometimes I would dock like five or more home in a turn and get the bonuses on all the coins, of course. So these ones are actually... <clears throat> these ones are the best competition for the American ones, but the American ones, between the ability, extra cargo, and the speed... The American ones are definitely better. I think the cargo, I was talking about this on my, the forum on my fan site Pirates with Ben, I was talking about how cargo is actually kind of like the defining factor of native canoes. Like two is like overpowered, like almost automatically. One is normal. And then I've got some customs with zero that are like war canoes basically. So like you can't use them for gold because that's kind of overpowered in general. So the cargo Mm -hmm. is like the defining factor here. So anyway. and then some of these are my pictures, like those ones. I wish I had done, like, a blue background, but anyway, because I tried to fill in some of the missing pictures in the database, but the next ones are the cursed native canoes, and these are also nine points, one cargo, SS move, 3S cannons, and native canoe, and if two or more cursed native canoes hit the same ship on the same turn, also eliminate one crew from that ship. So that's not a very good ability, though, when you don't have captain available and, you know, 3S cannons, Canoes are very difficult to use for combat, so even the American ones are not good at it really at all. You can't move and shoot, so they can't carry each and crew, so it's not a very good option. And yeah. these and are slower and worse ones. guns. Yeah, exactly. And they're not as good as the Spanish ones, because canoes are mostly used for getting gold, and these ones are, have a combat approach, which makes sense for the curse, but um, even for gold, they're not as good as the Spanish ones, so... This is, without a doubt, the worst um, set of native canoes in this set. So, kind of lackluster. Not so great.
1: At the the same time, though, in the context of the Cursed, you can't get 9 points, 5 cargo space, S plus S move on any other, say, Cursed ships. So, amongst the Cursed, these are pretty good. But in the grand scheme of the game, they're really not as special.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I guess they're still pretty good in the grand scheme of the game. But again, they're right up against the Spanish and the Americans, both of which are really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite as good is the next ship down, Nene Nui. This is a three-masted American junk that comes in at 13 points. It has four cargo, L plus S move, four S, three L, four S guns. This ship gets plus one, her cannon rolls against English ships. So good cargo space, good move. <clears throat> Kind of costly for her size, not good armament, and bad ability. If you're really, I suppose you can use this as a gold runner. If you have a Cargo Master in play, throw a Helmsman aboard it and maybe an Explorer. And you're going to get a very fast ship that will be able to explore Home Islands and all that. I think it's too expensive for what you're getting, though.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've used her pretty effectively for the Americans. She's one of ten their, points. I think. Yeah, I guess. Um, I think she made my top ten American gold runners rankings list, and she is one of their better ones. So she sees usage usage there, but of course we saw the frontier and the native canoes. So in smaller games, she's going to be passed on for other American ships from this set alone, for, let alone like the rattlesnake and stuff. So. I still like her. I have kind of a soft spot. I've, I've used her pretty effectively a bunch of times, usually just the helmsman or not. I just do really basic crew, so three or four cargo. So it's a solid ship for the Americans. With other In other factions, she'd be super boring, but for the Americans, you know, they'll take her. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And uh, the next one is also a three-masted junk, the Metal Dragon, which is an English common free master, 11 points, 5 cargo, L move, cannons are 3S, 2L, 3S, and the junk keyword, and ramming can't eliminate this ship's mass. This one, on the other hand, is kind of a a slow hybrid, so this one is one I like quite a lot. This was one of my white whales of my collection. I couldn't get her for a while, even though she's a common, um, one of the only ships I was missing from this set, but with a captain and helmsman, or maybe a combo crew like Thomas Gunn, you'll have plenty of cargo, some speed, good cannons, I would use this as a basic hybrid and uh, just try to fight and get gold. Nice ability. Just a good overall ship, pretty much.
1: I think I traded my only spare of this ship to someone. It might have been you. Oh, really? I'm not sure. Nice. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Somebody out there got it. If you got it, mm, speak up or something. I'll try to look it up, yeah. Yeah. um, This ship, I'm fairly sure I compared to Black Lotus, or some other similar ship. Mm. There's there's another 3 mess junk out there that's very similar. L-move, craft yeah, cargo like, space, similar guns.
2: Yeah, I remember.
0: Yeah, that's the one. All
1: right. Um, I was not wowed by this ship the first time I looked at its stats, but when I started ranking junks, I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good, because you do get good guns, you get good cargo space, you get an ability that's of oh, some use on this ship, yeah it's getting all background. No, oh, it's getting all uh-huh. slow and like fuzzy. I
0: don't
1: know. Oh, huh. It might <laughs> be never kind of problem.
0: Alright, yeah. Sorry guys, having a technical difficult difficulty. So.
2: huh. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. It's weird. You can boss your open if you want. Yeah. I
0: had... Technical difficulties going to this episode. Um, so one of the mics wasn't working, on God Mason's end. I guess I don't know. I don't know if we'll be able to figure it out. Uh, I'm hesitant to stop the recording because it's been. It's Is been that now. working? Yeah. Now, oh, okay. Yeah, that's good.
1: It's really strange. It must be on my end.
0: Yeah, it has to be. Good. All
1: right, but um, as I was saying, overall, this underwhelmed me at first, but looking at it. The only not-so-great stat is its base move, and Helmsman will fix that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a nice ship overall, so
1: I'm a fan. Probably because mm-hmm. it's English, and I like the artwork, but yeah. <laughs> that may be. Uh, yeah. The next ship down is Demon Gate. This is a two-masted Cursed Junk, 10 points, two cargo, SS move, S, or sorry, 3S, 4L guns, and then it has S-Board ugh, this is not good. You're not going to use S-port. It's not well-armed. It's not fast. It's not cheap. doesn't have good cargo space. I What I, What would be really cool is if they allowed you to maybe L-board with it. Yeah. That would be cool, but still not quite good enough. What I really want this to do is be able to, say, if you roll a 5 or a 6, be able to board any ship on... The uh, board of play, it's a small ship, but I'm sure you could target like small gold runners, or if you really wanted, just repeatedly harass big ships until you get decent rolls.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be crazy. I think they, they could they, add, they could either take the cost like in half, or add like the possession ability or something, tack something else onto it, and it comes, yeah sounds, sounds kind of intimidating. It says guardians of an unthinkable horror. Prove that Demon Gate patrol the southernmost sea is attacking foreign invaders who wander too close, so
1: An unthinkable um, horror is not a good description for Demon Gate.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. So I feel like they should be a little more intimidating. Even the making the cannons better. Yeah, it's just another crappy cursed ship, basically. So
1: yeah. yeah, that's what it is.
0: Not what I, not one I like. So the next one is uh geon and it's a pirate two masted junk common 8 points, 2 cargo, LS move, cannons, 2S, 3L, and just the junk keyword, no extra abilities. I wrote a little review about this one, and it's just a, it has nothing on Executioner and the Cutlass and the Royal James, a bunch of other great pirate two masters that cost 8 points, but um, it's still a solid ship in her own right, so just a captain and maybe nothing else if you wanted, and you've got a nice little ship, so, eh, be better at like 5 or 6 points, but it's not a bad ship, just kind of unremarkable, a little bit boring. The artwork is decent, but the ship is a good example of reverse power creep because it's so much worse than Executioner, or Royal James, stuff like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah it's pretty, pretty, but it's six points would be right. It's still a decent ship. If somebody got this, say, their first ever ship, mm-hmm. it would be usable, but. Again, not competitive with anything else at its cost. And there's not much to say about it because it doesn't have an ability. Yeah. So moving on, uh, we'll get to a French 3 Master, Dom Riant, I believe. 13 points, 4 cargo, L move, 3S, 2S, 3S guns. Well, it gets reverse captain. It's a little bit slow to make good use of reverse captain, which was always an overpriced ability. I want to say this is worth eleven points. It's not all that special.
2: Yeah, it's okay, yeah.
1: but but we would both rather use Le Décharge.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this one is pretty boring. This one isn't all that pretty, surprisingly, for a friendship. So yeah, it's pretty boring. Just another
1: or a ship called the Laughing Lady. Oh
0: yeah. yeah. Or Dame. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not very yeah, pretty, pretty
2: just, for Dame.
0: Yeah, it's just boring and another example of. Uh, reverse captain being overpriced, so not too much to say, really. I guess kind of like a defensive gold runner kind of reminds me of uh, HMS Cheshire, but not quite as good as that one, even. Well, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is uh, Canela, which is a Spanish common 3-masted schooner, 11 points, 3 cargo, El Mu cannons are 3L, 3S, 3L, and along with the schooner keyword, you've got the S explorer ability, so once per turn, if the ship is within S of an island, you can mark the island as explored without docking at it. The island becomes unexplored in regards to all of the other players. This one's alright, but they got uh, El Cervantes from DJC, has the same ability with 5 Cargo. She does have worse, worse cannons, but this one is kind of a kind of like a gunship version of that ship. So, I don't know. It's okay, but kind of like an interesting escort type thing. But with this ability, you want to go really fast, and L is not, not a great start in that regard. So, not a fan of this one either.
1: I know that you already don't even think very highly of the Essex Bore keyword. Yeah. I'm kind of a devil's advocate. I'm one of the people that says, oh, we don't have uses on some ships. This is not one that it has any use on. It's not a fitting ability for a ship that is so incredibly average when it comes to stats. Yeah. Canela is it's a pretty ship, but it's not a good ship. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd go as far as saying that this is... I would rather get, say, Gian in a first pack than Canela. Yeah, me too. Yep. Uh, next up is HMS Silent Swan. This is a 10.2-masted English junk. Not, not junk. Schooner. Sort of, although it doesn't actually seem to have the schooner keyword in the database. I wonder if it has it on the card. I don't anyway, think so. not so. Anyway... 10 points, two cargo SS move, three S guns, both of them. When the ship is within plus uh, within S of an enemy ship, she gets plus S to her base move during that move action. So the same ability that's on the buscador, but this is statistically not a good ship. This is like, I'd say this is worth seven points at the very most.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think five or six would be fine. Yeah. It's really, it's really meh. Um, like a lot of other two masters we've seen in the later sets of the game. So this is yeah. my least favorite English ship. It's really boring and not, not really much fun either. So no, no real yeah. you know, saving grace, no reason to use her. Nothing.
1: interesting. wasn't no, right even there. exceptionally pretty.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of boring too. Yeah. Mm. Very neutral colors. All right. So, but the crew, the other named crew from the set, the commons are actually quite interesting. Bianco's Haulers are the first, and they have a link to Master Bianco, just like they did in Spanish Main, but this version says this ship can't be shot at while docked for three points, so this is an amazing ability to have on a crew, because you can put it on something like the Espada de Dios with the Home Island rating ability, and you could uh, avoid getting shot at when you steal gold from an opponent's Home Island. I've used it quite effectively in that regard on a Ten Master at least once before, um, with the crew of any nationality, you can use their abilities on the ship. And you can make some pretty crazy combos, especially with the Guichuan, um, and probably the Baochuan maybe. So this one is a great ability. Spanish might not be quite the best faction to take advantage of it compared to the pirates or even the cursed sometimes, but it's it's a great ability and putting it on a crew is, I don't know, arguably worth more than three on a crew. So and you could try it on like a gold runner, but I don't know. I'd rather use it for, like, kind of crazy
1: combos and stuff. So. I like this crew because I don't know who came up with this combo. Whoever you are, take credit, because it was an awesome idea. This, whoever it was, they asked around with the wolf or something, and found out then that Titans, those sea creatures from Ocean's Edge, when they were on top of an island, because they were allowed to move across them, were technically docked. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they figured out to put Bianco's hollers on El Toro, and you have what amounts to an unshootable mobile fort. Yep. You can crawl up on a wild island that still has gold on it, and you can just blast away, and they're not allowed to shoot back. Yep. Yeah, it's a good uh, one. Whether or not it's all that effective outside of a small game or, you know, big game, whatever, it's such a cool interpretation of the rules uh-huh. that I absolutely say hats off to whoever came up with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun idea.
1: hmm Um, next up is Duncan Rizzo. He's a five point French crew. His abilities are parley and once per turn, you can reroll any die roll, blah, blah, blah. I think he's the only, is he the only instance of that ability as is for the French or do um, they have a three point reroller? I think they do. Okay,
0: I think Aramis or somebody from Barbary Coast, maybe one of the yeah, you players. might be right
1: there I don't know parley uh, I don't know how good it is. I think I've heard it's all right, yeah uh, it can but be good. if 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 you want parley, I'm pretty sure the French have a cheaper crew with the same keyword, I'm yeah, I'm um, sure they do.
0: Lenoir from Fire and Steel is basically the same, but with Boyle France for four points, still with re yeah. so
1: oh with with reroll.
0: Yeah, it's like almost well, the same thing.
1: Well, then, Duncan, I'm sorry, but uh, we're going to have to let you go.
0: Yeah, the only reason I say no to that is because Lenoir's other version... Um, or Actually, sorry, I, that was the wrong version of Lenoir. The The Rise of the Fiends is similar to Duncan Rousseau. Um, the Fire and Steel version is a four-point canceler of Lenoir. So I would use that version of Lenoir and then maybe Duncan in the same fleet. So I wouldn't pass on Duncan so quickly. I do think um, him and the... Rise of the Fiends version of Lenoir are kind of one of the more underrated game crew combo abilities in the game. It's a really good gunship idea Um, because you can use Parley to end an opponent's ship's turn, so that can be really good when used in an offensive capacity if you've got some coins to give up. And then you've got Reroll, which is perfect for SAT, EA, stuff like that, which the French have a decent amount of crew of. So I like Duncan a lot. He's one of my favorite... Um, favorite named crew for the French. Great combo. I like the flavor text, and I think he's quite underrated. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, The next one is Master Scribe, and we talked about him already. So this is a three-point crew linked to the Celestine. He's got the Explorer keyword and the Navigator keyword, which I suppose I didn't read yet. So Navigator says, when the ship is given a move action, instead of moving it, you may roll a d6 on a result of 3 through 6. Place a Trade Current within as of any friendly ship. The Trade Current cannot be placed in contact with any other game piece. They've got a two-thirds chance of getting that uh, the Trade Current terrain out, out in the ocean, which is a great, great ability, and I think it should have been more than two points or maybe had a cap on it of some kind, or just been less likely, maybe four through six or five through six die rolls, but a two-thirds chance. Um, this is a great crew. We already talked about the combo, so I would highly recommend just putting them on the Celestine and going
1: to work yeah something else I wanted to say is him plus the Celestine Celestine however and the cursed native canoes would help redeem them yeah because he'd be able to just lay down a bunch of trade currents and then they wouldn't be as badly off when it comes to their gold running ability
0: Yeah. I'm to go to the bathroom real quick I'll be back you can just go on
1: And go on. I would very much like to do because the next crew on the list is one that I think has never really been properly appreciated. This is Captain Charles Richard. He's a three-point American crew. He is a captain, but with the zero-point delimiter ability. And the only reason why this is important is because zero-point crew cannot use their abilities internationally. You can't, say, take, well, any other zero-point point delimiter, and throw it onto a ship belonging to another faction, which has been a problem for the minor factions, the Cursed, the Barbary Corsairs, the Jade Rebellion. Actually, I think the Jade's got one. But because Captain Charles Richard is not a zero-point crew, he has the Captain keyword, thus he costs three points, he can be used internationally. As such, he is a crucial piece for some of the game's strongest builds, I think I made a thread on this. I think I should probably do a full review on him at some point. Unfortunately, I've been less active with miniature trading as of late because the site situation has kind of demoralized me and stopped me from posting. But I think there's a lot more to be said about Captain Charles Richard this decade on, and I think most of his potential has yet to be acknowledged. I think I'll wait until Ben comes back to, uh, I guess I'll start Sir Jeremy Rothschild while he's out and I'll let him know what the situation is, but Sir Jeremy Rothschild is, that's actually the sound of Ben, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, I've just been rambling on Oh yeah. Hopefully with some meaning but Yeah, I know, I know you like him a lot
0: so that made perfect sense, the timing oh. yeah.
1: I do, I don't remember the specific combos, but I went over the fact that Wolf did declare that While zero-point crew cannot be used internationally, Captain Charles Richard, as a captain and thus not a zero-point crew, can use his ability for minor factions. There are a few builds in which he is very useful. He's kind of a niche piece, but incredibly useful in those niches.
0: Yeah, he's another one from this set I haven't used nearly enough to appreciate myself, so, yep.
1: Mm -hmm. Anyway, I think Sir Jeremy Rothschild can be yours now.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Perfect timing with the English here, too. So, Mm -hmm. he's a common three-point English crew, has the Explorer keyword, and once per turn, the ship can move, s after loading cargo. So, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've used him much, either. Some of these crew have gotten more recently acquired. Um, It's a solid combo of abilities, nice for a gold runner. English don't have a lot of gold runners that are worth putting them on, but I could see him being used maybe on the Lady Provost. Um, I just realized... I don't know if it would be much benefit, but I guess with the home island rating of ability of the lady provost, you're loading a coin from an enemy home island. So you can move S after that. Um, it wouldn't help a lot, but anyway, so he's a solid crew, just kind of almost like the faction is a little, little funky. You would probably see more use with the pirates or Spanish or French.
1: Yeah. I, I think you're right. He's just not a part of the right faction. He's a useful crew, but he was, uh, He's born in the wrong time, or in his case, born in the wrong country. Yeah. After Mr. Rothschild comes Isandro Ramirez, who I think we talked about earlier. He is the linked crew for Bruja. He is a seven-point pirate crew, captain, hostile Spain, and then world hater. Captain plus a world hater for seven points, that's an established good combo, but linked to a slightly underrated gunship doesn't hurt him at all.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah he kind of gets lost in the shuffle especially because um the
1: Marvel. pirates have so many good seven point named captains
0: yeah including barbosa who's also a captain world hater so then they've got bruce mm-hmm. gray so of all the pirate world haters this is definitely the guy i've seen talked about the least so yeah another good crew for them definitely mm-hmm. all right um and i would definitely recommend putting him on the Bruja. anybody listening it's a good set combo nice one overall so, but mm-hmm. we're into the Unique Treasures next, so that's fun. Number 30 is the Frond of Fisaga. So a rare UT, load this
1: treasure face down. Just a picture down. of a leaf.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty simple. Um,
1: unique treasure, to... picture of a leaf.
0: Yeah. Load this treasure <laughs> face down. You can reveal it when the ship is given a move action. When the ship is given a move action, roll a d6. On a result of 5 or 6, the ship gets plus LL to its base move. On a result of one or two, place this treasure face down on the nearest wild island. This one, I think, is borderline overpowered. I know you just find it randomly, so it's risky if you, you know, your opponent gets it. But, but LL on a five or six, that would that is amazing. And if you combo this with a reroll or or you know the OP, Runes of Thor, Nemo's Plants combo, <laughs> stuff like that, this is just, I mean, it can be game breaking. I haven't.
1: You're seen moving it a slay speed then. But,
0: yeah, exactly. So, I know, imagine this on the San Cristobal or some gunship that's already fast. If you transfer it to a ship like that, ah, this one is, it's 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 a lot. And then on a one or two, it's on the nearest wild island, so you might be able to get it right back. You could just go retrieve it. So I think it should probably say farthest wild island to make it a little less breakable. But it's a really good one. It's fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. this is... Well, I think the furthest Wild Island might have some ramifications in your round-earth house rule, but I think this is a fun, unique treasure that doesn't go too far over the top. It's gameable, but a lot of the time when we come up with uh, scenarios in which you can abuse pieces, they're kind of extreme, where, like you said, runes of Thor plus Nemo's plans. If you're going to get runes of Thor plus Nemo's plans— I don't think you're going to use it to get just plus LL to one ship space move.
2: Yeah.
1: I I think we can both think of multiple things off the top of our heads that we'd rather do with infinite six rolls.
0: You could do front of Saga and explosives, and then you'd have like a, like <laughs> a heat seeker missile torpedo.
1: <laughs> that is absolutely something I'd like to do.
0: You could literally have... I just realized you could literally have, like, a torpedo. You could have the Devil Ray with the Helmsman. So SLS move while underwater. So SLS Mm -hmm. LL with explosives and ram underwater for a torpedo effect.
1: Absolutely. (laughs)
2: Uh, All
1: right. right. Let's see. I think it's up to Celestine's charts, which is... Well, it's another unique treasure. Eliminate all friendly trade currents. All islands become unexplored to you. Then play science Charts face down on any wild island. Uh, yeah, this is kind of a... Uh, it's kind of a no-fun game piece. I lo- no, it's it's great. It's an
0: but anti-OP it, game piece for me.
1: But if it, if it comes to using it, I think your opponent probably has been asking for it.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened in... CG1, and I think CG2, or CG2 as well. Who is Rx? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Well, that's what you get for abusing the Navigators, so. Yeah, Yeah, no, this one I absolutely adore, because Navigators and Trade Currents in general are overpowered, underpriced, and really annoying in huge campaign games, and even, this is really random, but just real quick, from an aesthetic perspective, you have to put Trade Currents down on Vassal, and then they stay there. So the ocean, like the map just looks weird and it becomes really crowded with tons of trade currents. And then to keep track of them, you have to put like a faction flag crew chip on the trade current to keep track of whose it is. So so this one just takes them all out, makes the ocean look nice again, levels the playing field. This is one of my favorites just because of, I like what it does to limit the overpoweredness of the trade currents.
1: Yeah. Especially Almost useless in a small game, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. of unquestionable use in a big game. Mm-hmm. Provided you're the one who uh, introduced it to the game.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yep, And yeah, that game, I tried not to use too many trade currents. The English, I purposely didn't use any the whole game. But anyway, uh, the next one is also interesting. So, Manawa no Kohatu is another rare UT. Choose a crew on this ship. If this treasure or that crew is removed from the ship for any reason, eliminate this remaining treasure or that remaining crew. This ship gains the eternal and fear keywords. There is no crew on the ship when this treasure is loaded. This treasure is ignored. So we talked. Derek and I talked about this a little bit on the on the unreleased podcast episode, and or we all did, or whatever, or at least one of those episodes. And Mm -hmm. it's quite interesting. It's a little confusing to read. They, the I think the original wording was maybe more confusing i can't remember but overall i like it i think it's interesting i don't think it's too overpowered eternal is a really good word fear not so much but at least it doesn't cost anything whereas fear sometimes costs you like an arm and a leg just to use it which is silly so and the translation says heart of stone so Mm -hmm. so it's a good one overall slightly confusing but pretty cool actually
1: yeah, it's a strange one. It's an interesting one, and I'm ninety nine percent certain this is referenced in another set. Okay. Yeah, that's. I don't. Great. I'm fairly sure it's in the flavor text of not Wraith, but I'm fairly sure it occurs. Uh, maybe Devereaux.
0: Yeah, Devereaux does the Eye of Insanity though. That's his. Yeah, Eye of the, Eye of the Dragon. I'll look it up. He has a.
1: Might yeah, Deborah, Yeah, you're right. I think he's looking for the Eye of the Dragon.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, everybody has their funny body part they're looking for. Yeah. Um, the next up is Altar of the Loa, which you were talking about That's earlier. Cool. Yep. Altar of the Loa, do not load this treasure. Instead, place it face up on this island. While docked at this island, you may eliminate two crew. If you do, on the next player's turn, you may choose to give actions to his or her ships or choose that he or she gets no actions at all. 2Crew is kind of a lot, but I'm sure you could just sort of load a bunch of your on the ship.
0: It's month getting fuzzy and... again, so I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's fixable. I don't know. I can talk about it in the meantime a little. <laughs>
2: little, <laughs>
0: little oh! On your end. Um, yeah, I you The you is super <laughs> overpowered. Uh, this one was used in that i 2 4 create fleet. Um, Wolf's fleet challenge back in the day, and uh, really showed how overpowered it was brought into the game via the Verdant Isle mysterious island that we saw earlier. So, the problem is, um, do not load this treasure. So, Wolf made an amendment to the pirate code, which said you couldn't use like abilities to bring UTs into the game to bring in UTs that you can't load. So, that one it nixed this combo, but as is, it's extremely overpowered because. All you have to have is two oarsmen, and then you eliminate both of those, and then on the next player's turn, you may choose to give action to his or her ships, or choose that he or she gets no actions at all. So it's basically this like cycle, this loop, where if you sack two crew, you skip their turn, and then as long as you can get two oarsmen or whatever back to the island with Altar of the Loa on the next turn, you can skip their turn again. <laughs> so it's one of the most crazy overpowered combos ever. I think this would probably be one of the top five or top ten items to get banned if there were if there was ever a ban list,
1: without a doubt. Oh, is the mic working?
0: Yeah, it's better now. Yep.
1: Thanks. Okay, good. I was gonna say you could just load a ship up with oarsmen, and again, you could abuse this. Um, I'm guessing this falls into that thing of in order for it to work, you have to fully eliminate the crew, remove them from the game, and not yeah. say move them to Devil's Maw.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Okay, um, in which case, yeah, I can kind of see this going on a ban list. Speaking of which, you could probably write up a sort of top ten most banned or should have been banned pieces.
0: Yeah, Wolf list. has a classic thread called um, "What Should Be Banned" mm-hmm. or whatever that I've like brought up from the depths of the forum like a bunch of times. But yeah, okay, could be a good rankings idea. I guess would be mm-hmm. very opinionated, but still fun.
1: Yeah. yeah, maybe it would be a 15 or 20. Yeah. Um, then we've got... I actually, real quick, the, uh,
0: hmm. before... Yeah, sorry, real quick. I did see on uh, minister Shang Wraith's flavor text says, Furious at his defeat from Crimson Angel's kiss, the Wraith scours the Pacific, South Pacific in search of the Heart of Stone, now I no Kohatu, a relic that will help him overcome the vestiges of his mortality and restore him to his place beside Davy Jones. And that's the Wraith from, from Savage The same set. So.
1: So, yeah. That's it. Yep, that's it. All right. Um, something else that I wanted to comment on is it's called the Altar of the Loa, and the Loa have also been previous uh, oh, yeah. have been previously mentioned, mostly yeah. in relation to Papa Doc, which means that the Voodoo religion plays a subtle but important role in the lore of the game.
0: Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite like flavor implications, and uh, I might they... actually expand on it with customs eventually.
1: They really should have gone down that route if yeah. the game kept going, you know, a couple sets, and then do something seriously about the voodoo and how, yeah. and how Papa Doc comes into power or something. Yeah, I uh, think it's but amazing. that would have it's probably really... might have meant the death of poor Godiva.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah, oh, well. it's such an interesting like flavor perspective. It's really mysterious and like dark and interesting. So mm-hmm. more on that later from
1: me, hopefully. But we'll see. Possibly. Um, the next six pieces are navigators for each faction. We've already gone over them. Uh, navigators for the major factions, all six of them, all of them at two points. Uh, then we've already talked about Cargo Masters. There was only one generic Cargo Master ever released at five points for the Americans, which means to a degree the Americans have a degree up on a bunch of the other factions by just by virtue of having access to it. Um, the Spanish do as well through Master Bianco, but he's not a generic crew. Uh, one of the other things that I've sort of been wondering about Cargo Masters, I'm not sure if this has been clarified yet, but because multiple generic crew are not able to use their ability on the same ship, do you technically get no bonuses if there are multiple American Cargo Masters in play in the same fleet?
0: Um, No, you should still I, get them. Should still really? work out as long as there are different ships or whatever.
1: I mean, yeah, if they're on different ships, but it's the yeah, same uh, generic crew ability being applied.
0: Um, they just have to be applied to different ships. I'm pretty sure that's that's how it works. So like you can't stack them on the same ship, but
2: yeah, the
1: ability still applies to all or whatever. So I think uh, it's confusing. I, I I think you're right, but I think it shouldn't be that way. I agree it shouldn't be, yeah. Okay, here yeah, and, we go. And again, code, limit keyword and all that it stuff.
0: Says, in the code, it says, if you have multiple crew with this keyword in your fleet, you may stack their bonuses, provided that their national base uh, are the same, and each crew with this ability is on its own ship. So, yeah, that's why it's, part of why it's OP. I haven't really done that, I don't think. Double Cargo Masters, but, I mean, it's crazy. I'm going to say ready.
1: boo, because I don't think you should be able to do that. Not at all.
0: Yeah, that's where the limit helps, too.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, anyway... Uh, we're getting finally into the last items of the set, sort of. Uh, we're getting into the weird stuff, the super rares in particular. This is the last hoist that was ever released, Maui's Fish Hook. This one is English. This is a 20-point hoist, so 20 points for three masts. You're kind of expecting a lot, but you get five cargo, which is, I guess, a lot. Base move of L, which is not a lot. The guns are 3L, 2L, 3L, which is... Not quite 20 points worthy. Hoist secret hold. As part of any move action. This ship can randomly take one treasure from any ship up to S away from her. Link, Lady Kamele, or Kamale. As you've pointed out many times, this is way too expensive for what it is. It's not that great. It's not fast. It can't really make use of its secondary ability or tertiary, whatever you want to call it it's just too expensive and not quite effective enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really flashy and like kind of, it's really pretty. It's got a nice silver glint, like a metallic look to it. As funky as Hoist's look with the crane, I think they're one of the prettier, or this is one of the prettiest ships in the game in general. And, um, kind of, it kind of reminds me of the medical barge ship IDX. It's got like blue and white colors and the crane almost looks like some kind of like antenna on like a modern hospital. I don't know. I've always I've, like, thought that, I don't know, it's weird, but anyway, especially from the miniature training gallery picture. But, um, but yeah, again, I'm talking about how pretty it is. So it must not be that great. Right. It is exciting. Yeah. I think it's really cool, but not the greatest execution. So it's also the most offensive hoist between the low cargo, the very good cannons overall, actually, and the English have great fighting crew, of course. So it's the most, the hoist most likely to be used for, as a hybrid for this set, at least, but, um, but hoists are best at cold running. So this is basically the worst hoist for the most points. So yeah, it's not great. Um, the ability, the, the last ability is solid. Overall, it's kind of like a stacked ship, but it doesn't really, it's just too expensive, so and it's, it's really fragile for, for that cost. So, mm-hmm. anyway, um, I'm going to actually skip the next ship and go to the link real quick. Lady Kamail is the linked crew for the Maui's Fishhook, and it's a super rare English six-point crew. crew of any nationality may use their abilities on this ship. Once per turn, if this ship is within S of a wild island, you can mark it as explored without docking at it. The island becomes unexplored in regards to all other players. So this is a combo that doesn't really work too well. You get two abilities that are okay, um, but on a ship that doesn't really need them very much. Um, she's not fast enough. The the ship isn't fast enough to use the S Explorer ability very effectively. And the crew of any nationality ability can work okay. I think I used this with Groom the Savage as well. One of my fleets, it's this crazy hoist fleet. Um it's one of my favorite fleets I've made, but um, but yeah, it's kind of a strange combo of abilities that doesn't work great on many ships at all. I'm trying to think. I don't know. It'd be some kind of crazy like San Cristobal setup, but it'd be tough to get her on there. So not a great crew and not a great ship. A lot of a lot of like flashiness and like pretty stuff and like a lot of abilities stacked up, but the end result is very lackluster for what you're paying. So
1: yeah, she's. I mean, she's 6 points, and she just doesn't have 6 points worth of value, uh, especially on Maui's Fish Hook. They just don't mesh. I, one of her abilities is even redundant, which is kind of disappointing.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I guess I'll talk instead about the other piece of this super rare set, mm-hmm. which is Honu Iki. This is a one-masted English sloop, 7 points, 4 cargo, S plus S move, 2S gun. The ship ignores terrain when she's given a move action. Islands are not terrain. Not not too bad. Nothing super special. An okay English gold runner that might be able to... No, it can't defend itself. It's an okay English gold runner, and that's all it is.
0: Yeah, for the English, it's quite good. They don't get many ships like this, so 4 cargo for 7 points. Solid speed. It's not quite as good as a few of their other ones, um, but I think it's one of their better gold runners. Ignoring terrain is nice because Sargasso Seas are kind of a bane of one masters. They get trapped if you experience Mm -hmm. Sargasso's, especially if you string terrain together like I like to do. So usually with this one, I've used her mostly in the larger games, but with the Helmson, triple S speed, 9 points, 3 cargo, solid option for the English. So, and another nice looking ship. The better are the Mm -hmm. two ships in this pack, or at least for value, for points. So, and then the last part of the pack here is Necklace of the Sky, which I think is one of the more interesting and wacky UTs out there. Load this treasure face down. Give this ship a move action, but do not move her. Instead, reveal this treasure and dock this ship at any wild island. Then unload this treasure at that island. For the rest of the game, no ship in your fleet can load this treasure. So depending on the logistics and timing and the map size and stuff like that, this can be really overpowered. I used this in Vassal Campaign Game 1, I kept it face down for a while, and then I used it to teleport HMS Dreadnought, I believe, across the board with a bunch of extra cannons from Carbon Charlie, and all of a sudden she was in the middle of the cursed waters and started blasting away with like a ton of firepower. So, and if you put this on a Ten Master, um, which I think the curse did in Command the Oceans, you can really get some crazy combos. If you, all of a sudden you just dump a delusion right in the middle of an opponent's like setup and just start like blasting, going crazy. So this one is is quite interesting. Um, the teleportation is not something I'll be a fan of thematically, but it's a really fun one that I think is underrated, and I think people should experiment with trying it out.
1: I think That's it's good. sort of like a a better hidden cove in UT form.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously not accessible from the start of the game, but still huh. it's pretty decent, I'd say. Um yeah. I don't really have any other stuff to add, because I think you covered it pretty well. So I think I'm going to move on to the SE ships. Oh, yeah. Uh, The first of which is Cannibal King, which I believe is one of the ones originally destined for Rise of the Fiends. Am I right?
0: Yeah, that sounds right, yeah.
1: Okay, this is a two-masted catamaran. This is 13 points, it's of the Pirate Faction, 5 cargo, L move, 2 2S guns, and then the catamaran keyword... If the ship wins a boarding party, she may take as much treasure from the other ship as she can carry. I believe there were only ever three two-masted catamarans released. Uh, let me scroll down to make sure I'm right. I am. This is not exceptionally good. It's all right. I mean, good cargo space, good guns, but the ability doesn't really fit the ship's size. I know catamarans have something funky going on with boarding that helps them out, but... I mean it has got great artwork. But mm-hmm. then we're coming back to the it's pretty but uh, it's yeah. Not that great.
0: Yeah. I I've got a big soft spot for this one. I think it's a really cool and fun ship. Um I think it works decently well. I agree Horde isn't, you know, spectacular on a small ship, but um, I mean, this one is oversized. It's two masts, but it's pretty wide and tall. But anyway, yeah. that's it's, another problem. It's
1: in case anybody doesn't them. have any catamarans, they are hilariously big for how many masts they have.
0: Yeah, the scale is off, and they're wicked wide. The double catamarans are comical in terms of the yeah, width. it's crazy. They're
1: yeah, like, they're three masters high. that are like the size of six masters.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they're probably as long as some like four-masted schooners are wide, or something like that. So anyway. Um, this one I do uh, like, uh, I've, I've talked about it in the past. I think there's a lot of fun crew combos you can use to make it like a dangerous hybrid Hammersmith with an oarsman is a good basic setup. Got plenty of cargo the speed is maybe not great, but anyway, the cannons, the ability, I think it's a nice package, um, for a catamaran. So I think it's a solid ship kind of underrated, but again, I'm kind of biased. I've always, I've always liked the ship. Next one I, I don't like actually. The Speedy Return is one of those giant double catamarans. This is an American ship. Kind of looks maybe Spanish almost. Uh, it's a three-masted double catamaran. Of course, 13 points, four cargo, SS move. Cannons are 3S, 4L, 4L. And once per turn, if the ship carries treasure and is with an S9 ship, you randomly really trade one treasure from that ship. Uh, I call that the ship trading ship treasure trading ability in my custom set has a custom keyword and it's not good at all. And this ship just doesn't have a lot going for it. So it kind of reminds me of like a better version of the Rooks Folly. Just not great at gold running, not great at fighting. I mean it's a better ship without a doubt. And you could probably turn it into an okay hybrid, but it just doesn't have quite enough going for it to to be a much of a fan. So, yeah, I mean
1: I think to me the only good things going about it are it has an above average cargo space and it's a really good ship type. Yeah. Everything else is either middling to bad. The ability is actively bad. Um, the guns are mostly kind of bad. Yeah. Base move is average. It's the worst double catamaran they came up with. It's if you really want to use it, you can find a way, but it's not something anybody in their right mind would recommend.
0: Yeah. I think the Polaris might be slightly worse, but that's that's a debate. I don't know. I don't yeah. know, like oh. the double Camerons are kind of disappointing in general. I guess.
1: Yeah. A uh, quick interjection: if anybody hears any unnecessary swearings, because my brother has gone home and has just started playing Fortnite. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, anyway, um, the next ship up is Libalul, which we have probably a lot more positive things to say about. Le is a French wind catcher with a bright red-white-blue paint scheme and a bit of beige wood color. Uh, Anyway, French three-masted wind catcher. Nine points, six cargo space, S plus L move, all four L guns, and then the abilities the ship sinks when her last mast is eliminated. So fragile, but cheap, fast, giant cargo hold. What I want to do is just explorer, and helmsman, and nothing else. I'm sure yeah. there are some named crew that are worthwhile, but this is an exceptionally good gold runner. One of the best in the game, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no disagreements there. Yeah, I would keep it simple for the most part. Um
1: oh, Ours, a, wait, no, not Oarsman, never mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did play a tiny game where this ship had, like, a lot of crew and like, a t- tiny game, and it went crazy and, like, dominated, but uh, the fleet didn't win, though, so... I don't know. It's 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 a fun one. Um, definitely a bit overpowered between the ability, speed, and cargo. It's it's a bit too good, but but it is one of the better uh, ships in the game, and one of the nicer looking ones too. Could pass for American. So. Yep.
1: Yeah, I agree uh, with you there.
0: Yeah. Uh, the next one is not so great. The Soul Crusher <laughs> is a cursed uh, turbine.
1: It's, it's I guess, absolutely soul crushing and cursed.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So I guess we haven't seen the keyword, right? I'm trying to
1: think. No, wait, yes, we wait. We have discussed it in the past with Grinder.
0: Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, sometimes I forget, especially because the sets got split, so I mixed it up. Um, so the Soul Crusher is three masted turbine, uh, 21 points, uh, four cargo, L move. All three cannons are three S turbine and fear keywords, and the massacre ability. So if this ship succeeds at a boarding party, she can eliminate all the other ships' crew. So you've got you know, three abilities. Um, some cargo, it's kind of average in most ways, except for the abilities that jack up the cost really high, and quite frankly, way too high. Um, so it's kind of extravagant, but almost like the Maui fish Oak, you get a lot of stuff, but not a lot of, you know, efficiency. So not a great ship at all.
1: It's the Nissan Rogue of ships. Um, yeah, the Soul Crusher, I've gone over it, degree in my turbines ranking. Yeah, the I way I put it was I think this point cost was a typo. I'm convinced it was... I'm convinced they either typed the digits backwards it should be 12 or they simply hit 2 when they meant to hit 1 and it was supposed to be 11 because this is oh. a horrible ship at its cost.
0: <laughs> the crazy thing is the grinder is 12 and would be better than the soul crusher at 11 that's how crazy yeah. is. that's how bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then again, as we established earlier, they clearly didn't proofread anything in this set <laughs> or in most sets, I'm willing to say. Yeah. So I,
0: what if the, maybe the soul crusher and Lebelu are supposed to be like reversed costs or something.
1: <laughs> uh, would, would you use Lebelu at 21 points?
0: Yeah. Not in a small game. Cause there's too many other good French ones, but I think it would make, yeah. both, both would be more balanced. But it would be bizarre.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think you're right. That that doesn't work. No. But I can <laughs> but I can see it being done.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, next turbine on the list is Valeroso. This one's Spanish and it's 13 points and it's way better than Soul Crusher. And the reason why it's way better than Soul Crusher is because it has five cargo, so, bar- uh, so more, same base move of L. Its guns are 3L, 3S, 3L. And like Soul Crusher, it's a turbine, only its ability is that this ship's crew can't be eliminated unless she sinks, a conservative but a very useful ability. So Valoroso effectively becomes a slightly costly, a little bit slow, but pretty reasonable hybrid.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like to ship a lot. I think she's underrated. She's,
1: she's pretty pretty, too.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm deep
1: reds and goldish colors.
0: Yeah, yeah, nice classic Spanish look, sort of. Um, <laughs> glad you like her because I think she is underrated. I think she's a very solid ship overall. So, yeah, nice hybrid use, um, nice ability. Could crew up to be a big gunship, but probably leave that for the Asesino, for example. Um, but yeah, I used this ship at least a few times. I remember one ship or one uh, game she did well um, hitting enemies with fire shot with those L cannons at the bow and stern. So, and the turbine keyword is, is yeah, very right good. There. As I talked about on YouTube, but anyway, so yeah, quite a good ship there. Cool name too. Um the next one is the last of the regular SEs, I guess you could call them. HMS Mirage is a English wind catcher. And this one is 13 points, four cargo, SS move, all three cannons are three L. And along with the wind catcher keyword, it says this ship gets plus one to her kin rolls against targets without all their masks. So kind of like a vulture preying anyway. on weaker ships. So a solid ability. It turns into World Hater real quick. So as soon as, it, as you hit with one cannon, the others get plus one, I guess. So you get two L's. And if you're going up against a ship that it was already weak, you know, you've got good firepower. So I think HMS Mirage is also kind of underrated. And it's quite a good ship overall. You've got solid speed and cargo good enough to use. So, yeah, now I see, like, back, or I hear background noise more. But,
1: yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he has no idea how bad. loud he is. Apologies, people.
0: Yeah, so this one is good. It kind of looks like a cursed ship almost. I think it could look you know, almost like a skeletal look and then like blood red sails. But kind of a weird look for English. But I still need this one. I can't, I'm looking forward to getting it someday.
1: Yeah, this does look a lot like a cursed ship. Um, I think HMS Mirage's problem is that it's 13 points and they have so, so many good ships for as much or slightly less. Yeah. hmm yeah, I if you put this, if you put this with the cursed, it would be really very good. Yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, you could put it with the Americans. I'm certain you could even put it with like the French, mm-hmm. and it would still be pretty memorable. Yeah. Um. So we're getting up to the final items in the set now, the actual final items, because I would forgotten about all the SE stuff. Okay. The first of which is the Celtic Fury, there were two ten-masted junks in this set. They were assembled by buying all the value boxes. There was a fixed... So what they did was uh, ten-masted junks are assembled from three full-sized mega cards, you know, double the size of a normal card. They spread those cards out, one card per box, and this was a sort of fixed thing, uh, per SE box, so these last six ships we've been talking about with each one was a separate card for either Celtic Fury or the other 10 master Shui Jian and if you bought all six you would have enough cards to build both i don't remember all of the ships that Celtic Fury or Shui Jian came with but it was it was standard if you didn't have the one card left you needed, if you could figure out which uh, box you needed to buy, you could just get that one.
0: Yeah, and it's on the Wikipedia. It's numbers 45 through 47. So the first three SC ships we talked about are for Celtic Fury, and then the final three for Shui courtesy of the Wikipedia, uh, made by Holoferns mostly.
1: Yep. Okay, thanks. Yeah, the Wikipedia article has a surprising amount of detail on the game, really. Uh, of course, courtesy of Holoferns, um, so let's talk about Celtic Fury first. This, I think, you you can tell where this is heading when I start the review off with, I think it's a very pretty ship. <laughs> it's no, This is a deep green color, Shamrock's on it. It's an utterly brilliant looking ship. Unfortunately, I'm of the opinion that it's the worst Tenmaster. Um, and I'll get into the reason why in just a second. So it's 10 masted junk, 25 points, 7 cargo, L move. The guns are 3S, 3L, 4S, 4S, 3S, 3L, 3L, 3S, 3S, 3S. Its ability is French crew can use their abilities on the ship, and it has a link to Eileen Bridget O'Brien, who last appeared in Mysterious Islands. In this version, Eileen Bridget O'Brien is still a mercenary, but she has born Leader, which is same action twice, um, expatriate, so she can actually be placed on any ship. Hostile England, plus one to 10 rolls against English ships. So she's sort of a same action twice, plus round one against English, blah, blah, blah. She's not an exceptionally good crew. She's kind of an expensive same action twice. Yeah. And Celtic Fury's problem is that it's not as cheap as Zeus, uh, which has a again. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Oh.
0: All right. Yeah, it's still bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I'll have to continue. But you jump in whenever it gets better, so... Um... Yeah, my lead right. is at... Uh, she's okay. Um... The link helps with that out. and I see if you can release when you eat her? It might be better now, maybe? Maybe. Is that oh, no. No, sorry. Not yet. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it uh, is yeah. Fury. Um, yeah, sorry about the technical difficulties, but I would agree in general that probably the War 10 Master, um, it is still a one the cheaper ones, and it's still a pretty solid ship. I think, um, people say that Zoo is the only playable ship in 10 Master and 40 point games. I would maintain that these two are actually playable. Well, the Captain Hellman, after 25 points, so that's only her total and the, you know, points or the teeny go for gold and other other ships in general other points so I still think their value their, is this Yeah yeah it's better okay it's good. It Yeah I think it's viable in 40 point games but you can go on
1: Yeah it, I'd say viable in 40 point games if only barely the reason why I justify calling this the worst of the 10 masters is because oh, wow, wow. it has basically the same armament as Shuijian slightly reshuffled uh, it's more expensive than Zeus while having the same base move and cargo space, but worse crew selection. You can use your mercenary crew, sure, whatever. Those are not particularly good. They're just supposed to sort of fill the gaps for other factions. Um, but it's it's really something you should sort of consider, a French ship. And of the main six factions, the French are in the they're the best of the worst in a sense in that they're sort of fourth best and fourth best of six is not great. Um it just has the weakest crew selection of all the 10 masters, unfortunately. And that's not a good thing when it comes to building a giant crazy warship.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I think you could argue the cursed have a harder time with crew cuz for the we the curse
1: can go international easy though.
0: Yeah, but it's still you still spend 3 points on it and it kind of blows up quick, but yeah. I think French name crew are good enough. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you think she's the worst of the ten masters because they kind of get sick of the Celtic crew. Everybody just raves about her, so so I'm. I'm fine she's with that. pretty.
1: That's why people like her. Yeah, And exactly. I can't blame them because a yeah. very good looking ship.
0: Yeah, it's it's solid looking. Um, uh, but yeah, I would put maybe Barbara Nice, the French world hater, on this ship without a doubt. And there's a ton of crew combo, of course. I would I would include Eileen, um, as well. And yeah, there's just there's so much you could say, there's almost not much more to say in a way. I guess the Dory's keyword, I just remembered, is not something we've yeah. yet. It only appears in this set, and it's pretty simple. Dory's keyword says when her linked crew is aboard, the ship can unload cargo at your home island if she's within S of it. So that's really key because if you include the link crew, you can basically use these Ten Masters as hybrids because it bypasses the mercenary keyword of not being able to dock your home island. Not so much bypasses, but you can unload with an S. So, and these are also, fittingly, the two mercenary ships with the most cargo for that faction. So, so if you do want to run pure mercenary, this is the best way to do it along with um, a canceler and like a submarine, like Devil Ray or whatever. So, so these two town masters are one of the only ways and best ways to get gold with mercenaries. Also, it is, I mean, obviously it's better with, uh, in a French fleet, but yeah, so great ship, solid crew. Um, endless combos, honestly, so a fun one. This would be good with a canceller like Lenoir, or maybe even Duncan Rousseau could use because his yeah, re-roll would yeah. pair well with Eileen. And then Parley on a Ten Master is just that's a rough one. So
1: yeah, it's it's not a bad ship because it's still touting a bunch of firepower, but I wouldn't say it's the best of the Ten Masters. Um, I'd say a better ship is. It's compatriot the Shui Gian. Not yeah,
0: exactly. the best,
1: but uh, I guess I'll let you start in on the Shui Gian.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fitting too, because um, this one is the English Slant, and they're my favorite faction. So, the Shui Gian is another 10-mastered mercenary junk, of course. This one is number 052, and 25 points, 7 cargo, L move, those are all the same. The cannons are 2S, 3S, 3S, 4S, 3L, 4L, 4L, 3S, 3S, 2S. So, twos at the ends, some of the fours bunched up towards the middles. I do like how there are some rank two cannons as compared to the Celtic Fury, which doesn't have any rank twos um, and kind of fitting given the English slant. And junk, mercenary, dories are the keywords as before. And instead of French crew, English crew can use their abilities on this ship. So, that's great because English have a lot of great crew, a lot of great fighting crew. There's also a link to Chef uh, Ng Zai, which is one of the best crew ever. And we see him in both Ocean's Edge and originally in South China Seas. Here he makes a grand return as part of one of the best combos ever, really. He's got Captain, Expatriate, Hostile to France. And once per turn, you can eliminate one of the ship's crew to give her an extra action. So a SAC Captain that's an Expatriate, which is crazy and really overpowered because it basically gives every faction a SAC Captain which is awesome for all the minor factions and just all the factions in general. Some of them didn't even get a Sack Captain at all. So and it's
1: linked to a Ten Master.
0: Exactly. So one of the most useful crew of all time. One of the best. You could make a decent case he's the best mercenary crew out there. Um, so Sai is just amazing. And paired with the Shui Jian, he becomes even more dangerous because that's just a great combo for a Ten Master because you've got plenty of cargo for Explorers and Oarsmen, extra crew to Sack, and the English have a great supporting cast of awesome fighting crew to surround Sai with. Um, just one off the top of my head, Commander Spencer Portland as like SAT, and then crew can't be eliminated unless the ship sinks. That would be good. Maybe not with Sai, but there's so many great English crew you could use with the shui Gian. You could even use a Captain Humpson combo crew like Thomas Gunn to try to do the hybrid role, because this one also has stories. so essentially a mercenary gold runner, because they don't have any others so he kind of forced into using one of these huge ones but and once again kind of viable in 40 point games a little more than people realize so amazing a little bit better than celtic fury between those rank 2 cannons which are nice to have and then better crew selection between the ability and psi himself of course so what, one of my <laughs> one of my favorite combos in the game in general especially because i like the english so much i think this ship is kind of funny looking, but kind of underrated in terms of looks too. It's okay. It's kind of interesting at least.
1: Yeah. I think it's an interesting one. Um, Mostly though, I would justify saying the shui is better than the Celtic Fury because English crew, not French. They have a better selection period and also a far better linked crew. This is a Sat captain instead of an overpriced sat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's about all I have to say.
0: Yeah, me too. At least for now. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's, Until that's we do return to Savage Shores.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. The it's never released that. set that was leaked to the forum.
0: Oh yeah. All right, so that wraps up uh, set review of Savage Shores, which was released ten years ago on November fifth, two thousand eight. So well, good timing here, and there's also the anniversary of the game going out of print, which was only five days later. They barely got Savage Shores out.
2: Oh, yeah. These yeah. kids
0: was shut down November 10th, 2008. So that uh, dark and bad anniversary is coming up as well. But anyway, at least we can be happy with what we got 13 sets, pretty large number. So this wraps up the regular set reviews, but we've definitely got more coming, um, which we'll explain. Of course, RTSS, the known one. But anyway, we got some tricks up our sleeve. But beyond that, mm-hmm. this is the end of the Savage Shore set review. Thanks for watching. And, uh, We hope you have a good night.